Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, and we are at R.U. Stroll of Tenafly, New Jersey, on this Tuesday morning as we are uh, broadcasting live from a relatively new yeshiva, relatively new school. We'll tell you the whole story coming up in the next three hours. Here we are at R.U. Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey, on a Tuesday, September the 14th, day eight in the month of Tishrei. We are one day away from Erev Yom Kippur. The holiday begins, of course, tomorrow night. Wishing everybody an easy fast in the Gemara Simatova. Here in New Jersey, where we are, we have 70 degrees with 85% humidity. Winds are northeast at two miles an hour. A mix of clouds and sun for today with a high temperature of 82. Clouds tonight with a low of 72. And tomorrow for Erev Yom Kippur, partly cloudy and a high of 89 degrees. Yerushalayim right now is at 81. We're at 70 here in New York as we say good morning at JM in the AM. I am here with a uh, full complement of amazing JM in the AM and Nahum Siegel Network staff members, including our general manager, Miriam L. Wallach, who is here. Good morning, Miriam. And of course, our chief engineer, ZK, the one and only Zalman Kopel, who has... Uh, um, who has uh, gotten used to working with us again this morning after quite a layoff. It's been a while since he's been behind the board at a live remote. It's been a few months. It's great to have him back here in Tenafly, New Jersey. As we broadcast from RU Strel, I do remind you that we are in the midst of our Tishrei Chesed campaign. You know what that means? It means doing something nice, a nice gesture, financial assistance, any type of, uh, of Chesed uh, active chesed between now and Erev Yontif, which is this coming Monday night. Sukkot is this coming Monday night, so we are encouraging everybody to do as many nice things as possible for those in need. Paying special attention to the uh, NCSY Great Adventure campaign. Go to ncsygreatadventure.com, ncsygreatadventure.com, and there you'll see an opportunity on the menu on the right side. Uh, once you've gotten all the information about Thursday Cholamoy with NCSY, you can go to the menu and then click on the donate button and actually donate tickets to single parents and their children who no doubt uh, would not be able to go or participate in any type of big Cholamoy activity if not for the tickets that are being donated to NCSY. So please help Rabbi Algus and his entire staff provide for those single parents and their children uh, during the Thursday Cholamoid. A big day where so many families are going to be on the road and participating in a lot of activities. Let them have an opportunity, single parents and their children, to do the same. Go to ncsygreatadventure.com, ncsygreatadventure.com, and be as generous as possible. The menu's on the right side. You just click on the Donate button. We are in a new building here in the uh, Zichron David Base Medrash, Beit Midrash Zichron David, which is uh, dedicated in memory of and in honor of uh, members of the Rosazada family, as we've mentioned. Uh, there are really three founders of this of this school, R. Yisrael and Tenafly, uh, Rabbi Yablok, who we're going to meet uh, in just a few minutes, uh, Rabbi Friedman, who uh, serves as the head of school and will be joining us later on. In fact, Rabbi Friedman has walked in just now. And a good morning to Rabbi Friedman as well, to both Rabbi Friedman and Rabbi Yablok. And uh, Joe Rosazada, Dr. Rosazada, uh, also um, uh, categorized as a founder of the yeshiva, uh, as president, so we will speak with him and his family members coming up as well. So it's a very exciting morning for us. There's nothing like being in a yeshiva atmosphere the day before Erev Yom Kippur at a time of the year which is uh, both serious and very inspiring uh, um, in terms of uh, uh, preparing for the, uh, uh, for the um, uh, holiday. And uh, this is all, of course, with the backdrop of the uh, Sukkot vacation coming up. It's always an interesting time of year uh, to visit a yeshiva 
uh, as they prepare uh, the last couple of days for Yom Kippur and get ready for a wonderful uh, Sukkis holiday. So here we are at Are You Strong Tenafly, New Jersey. Plenty coming up. We'll introduce our guests to you and speak with a whole bunch of folks between now and 9 a.m. Feel free to comment on our app. Go to the NSN, Malcolm Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Feel free to uh, check us out on Facebook, Malcolm Siegel Network, and all, of, all the different social media platforms. And uh, we'll be speaking with you between now and 9 a.m. right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Yaakov Shweki is next. We'll meet uh, some of the people at RU Stroll coming up. All happening on a Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM.
Nafshi, Nafshi, Hamda, Hamda, Betel, Yadecha, Oladat, 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 Korasadecha, Nafshi, Nafshi,
JM in the AM. We're live from RU Strell in Tenafly, New Jersey. Welcome all of you from around the world who are tuned in. This is unique for us, as I said, to be in a yeshiva uh, just a day before Erev Yom Kippur at a time of year which is uh, serious and inspiring and the beginning of a school year and the beginning of a really anticipated school year because of what's been happening over the last 18 months. Uh, it's wonderful to be uh, broadcasting live around the world in this type of situation. And we are at R.U. Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey. And as I mentioned earlier, both Rabbi Friedman and Rabbi Yablok are here as the leaders of this uh, amazing institution. Uh, we're going to have Rabbi Yablok uh, give us the early morning greeting, and we will speak to Rabbi Friedman a little later on. Rabbi Usher Yablok is the principal and one of the founders of R.U. Stroll. And what a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. It's such a privilege to be here. I appreciate that. It's nice to be here in what I assume is a very new building, even if this is I mean, it's the second year of the yeshiva, so the most that this building can be is two years old. When was this actually, yes. when did you move in here? Um, we were we, we did work on the building July, August of, of last year, right. so we'd be open by September. Uh, it's remarkable if you saw what this building looked like. Uh, we're grateful to Chabad of Tenafly for their partnership with us, and they believed in our vision. And right away, uh, again, you'll hear more from Rabbi Friedman. Uh, right away, they they said, "Yeah, we've got space for you." In the the height of Corona, uh, and they and we came and saw this building. I have to show you pictures of what it looked like, and it's really a credit to Rabbi Friedman's vision that he walked in and saw a building that looked the way it did, and said, "Yeah, we can have a base menders here. We can have." A year later, <laughs> 70 guys uh, learn, learning Torah in this space. Is that the number? Yeah. It's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. I, at that time, maybe we had uh, 19 or 20 in mind. Also and, impressive uh, for yeah. first year. Um, and, uh, and in a short amount of time, not only did Rabbi Freeman really, under his supervision, turn this into a Malcolm Torah, but uh, we're almost growing out of it. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm sure this topic's going to come up a lot this morning. Yeah. Uh, last year was a challenging year. I can only imagine what it was like for a first-year school, yeah. right? It's ninth grade that you were concentrating on last year, correct? We actually opened for all four all grades. All four grades. Um, we had, uh, if I could say, we had um, a number of students um, who over time had expressed a certain uh, ideal uh, or to a certain vision that we shared, or Friedman and I had talked quite a bit. He often expressed to me what we need to do on behalf of Talmidim, and I wholeheartedly agree. Um, and to a certain degree, to open just for ninth grade and look at those students and say, you know, we, we can't help you, uh, was not in the cards. So there we was were. a graduating class already? Yeah, we graduated seven students last That's year. pretty impressive. Yeah, right? That, that, that's a bit of a curveball when you're walking yes. into a new school and you find out that you've already appealed to four years' worth of high school. So, yeah. uh, again, this topic's going to come up a lot, but what yeah. was it like? What was it like not only the whole COVID component, and you're a veteran when it comes to Jewish yeah. education, so you know what schools are like mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, of running them and organizing them, but what's it like doing this in a first-year atmosphere with the whole COVID situation? Um, it, it was certainly unusual, and it certainly the, the, co- the COVID talk then was, was at its height to a certain degree. Um, and I, I think, you know, we stayed focused on what, what our goal continues to be, which what was best for the guys. How are they going to be able to experience learning and growth regardless of the circumstances? So, yeah, we were setting up a new building. We were figuring out what, what parameters would be reasonable because we're all here. This is the space. So right. we were basically one pod when we walked in and we said, we're going to do this together. If we're in, we're in. If we're out, we're out. We barely had a quarantine. Um, and for me, honestly, the bigger challenge was, 
staying committed to looking at each Talmud as an individual because bringing in rising seniors means figuring out where they're coming from, what classes they've taken, where they, where they need to be to be able to go to Eretz Yisrael right away next year, go to get into the college of their choice right away next year. So we were doing all of that, figuring out the physical space, figuring out how we were going to navigate in partnership with Chabad, who also has a full functioning school here in terms of we use their gym, we share some of the resources, which became difficult because of Corona. I would say that was the biggest spe- uh, curveball for us. We had we have a shared vision. We had a wonderful image of how this would work, but we needed to kind of keep everybody separate so that the least amount of people will be impacted if there was some sort of concern. So for that reason, there was more limited, you know, you go here while we're there, right. a lot of that. So we made a home out of this space. We were in this space. We were re- really making the best of it. And I think it was act- actually Latov. I think in the end, we built an identity and a culture in literally in this room and, uh, and upstairs with our, our founding Talmidim. And that kind of set the stage for what the issue was going to be like. Rabbi Usher Yablok is with us. He serves as principal here at RU Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey. Now, you come in with some impressive credentials when it comes to your resume in Jewish education. A lot of people would hesitate to go to a first-year uh, dream, right? Because that's what it is before the first year is a dream until yeah. it actually comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. Did you hesitate at all to take on a brand-new project, which was literally brand-new? Uh, I, I, I can't say that I did. It, there was too much excitement around something that we had not seen done. Uh, you described me being a, a veteran and, you know, Rabbi Avlak <laughs> Sr., so I still think <laughs> right. of myself as, as a junior. Um, but, um, but still, I get excited about, number one, solving and providing opportunities for Talmudim to grow and s- doing something that hasn't been done on their behalf. And for, me- for years, Rabbi Friedman and I have been talking about what wasn't being done. Um, again, no judgment to anybody else, but simply because of constraints or because what has what, what always was. Or and avo- it w- a void that needed to be filled. Yeah, exactly. And you saw, you know, from day one or 12 months later, you see you see that the need and, and the interest from the community. Um, so that was exhilarating. And it was in the middle of Corona, probably not the best time to start a school right. um, and to f- find a space and to imagine who might be interested in supporting such a program. And that's really to the credit of Dr. Rosazada to see that vision and say, we're doing this no matter what. Um, but the, that, that, that really just drew me uh, to do something that hasn't been done and to reimagine what, um, what Jewish education can feel like. Everybody wants to provide a chinuch for each student, right? Alpi Darko. Everybody, that's what we, we met, we're all trying to do. Um, but there are constraints. There, you know, once you deal with large, large numbers, once you consider what, what needs to be done, how to run a program, and what we wanted to say was, no, we can really stay focused wholeheartedly on each individual student. That was a huge draw. Can you do that even if the school continues to grow to the point where it's in the hundreds? <laughs> Halavai, you know, God willing, uh, we, <laughs> that's a problem we want to have. Uh, we've already talked about it quite a bit. Again, I'm sure Efrim will speak to it as well. Um, as an example, just from year one to year two, with that m- amount of growth, our faculty has more than doubled. Uh, the, the ratio of student to Rebbe is extremely small, which we understand the relationships and the connections are really what drive the growth. And that's a commitment. I, don't, I, I could not believe the growth we were able, with the support that we have and with the vision of Rabbi Freeman, um, to, to create um, such a, a expanded faculty just in year two. And that's really to, to, to your point. We, we needed to if we were going to be successful. We looked at what we did la- last year, and we were very 
very reflective and very honest about what we thought we did well and what we didn't do well. And at the heart of it is making sure that there's real relationships every single day. So we will grow with our Talmidim. We'll make sure they have access and relationships to the Rabbeim. And God willing, you know, we'll, we'll continue to see that. Rabbi Usher Yablok is here, and uh, we are actually his guests uh, and the guests of the people here at Ori Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey, on a Tuesday morning. Uh, and everything you described, the shiurim and the classes, all happen in this building? Uh, for the most part, like I said, we have a partnership with Chabad, right. and they have a base medrash and a shul, a be- beautiful uh, facility that they've made available to us, and their gym, which is critical to Yeshiva High School. Sure. We, were, uh, we, we couldn't start without a gym. Um, but uh, I would say the magic happens right here in this room. Every morning, uh, the, these two tables that you see here have Rabbeim with students surrounding them. Um, the culture of our yeshiva is not w- with bells and, and you know, running guys from here to there. It's a space of, we have a Rebbe who's here ready to learn with you. you c- we have a variety of shirim. You can pick the shir you'd like to go to. Obviously, we, we work with you to, think, to suggest what's best. And um, that's what you'll see you know, a little bit later this morning. So yeah, here's, the, here's where the magic happens. Pretty interesting. A student can have yeah. input into oh, yeah. the shir that they go to and into the course of study that they are pursuing. Uh, you know, you may have touched at one of the centerpieces of what, 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 what we're about. Uh, we want our students to feel that the yeshiva is for them. It's for them to grow in their avodas Hashem. It's not for them to hang on for dear life or to beg or to manipulate a system to get what they want. It's for them to feel like a, a Talmud Torah and a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu is, is for me. It's real. It's personal. It can be something that can, fits for me. And we felt, uh, you know, in the past, again, without, without going into details of why or judgments of why, in the past, it's much easier to run a school by saying, these guys go here, right. these guys go there. Well, again, you felt there was a void. You yeah. felt that there was a potential to fill a void that yeah. you fought, thought uh, and continue to think, I'm sure, is out there in the world of Jewish education. There's a lot of institutions Absolutely. out there, a lot of them doing yeah. great work. <laughs> yes. But you're obviously addressing something that, uh, that likely hasn't been addressed in yeah. this area before. We have six or seven shiurim in the morning uh, already this year. Think about our numbers, what With that means. 70 Talmud. Yeah, yeah. And they run the gamut of what you want, type of Talmud Torah you want to experience in the morning. And we want our students, our Talmudim, to feel that if their heart desires to be with that Rebbe this morning or, you know, for, ex- for a period of time to study Gemara, whatever, we want them to go there and we want them to grow with it. Interesting. Sounds a little bit like a round robin of sure, but if it works, hey, you know, the end justifies the means, as they say. Yeah, I would say it, it's changed the conversation. It's not about what grades you're getting or, you know, how many pages you've turned. It's about we ask, the questions we ask the Talmudim when we think about things like report cards or growth is how have you grown? How have your relationships grown? Are you happier? Are you um, gaining from the experience? Yeah. Right. We want them to describe those things because that's what we're trying to do. We don't want them to say, whoa. You know, I, I read these pages or I, I got this score. They want, we want them to do, and, and the indicators are things like guys going on their days off to their Rebbe's houses to continue to learn. They don't see the learning as, well, it's not class time. They see it as I'm developing a relationship. Right. Uh, will there be an open house? Will there be an opportunity for people to explore Oriens Roll for next year? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we've, we've, first of all, we we're kind of always open. <laughs> we <laughs> they have, can come visit any time. We we have so many transfer students who've learned about us and said, "Hey, I'd like to see that in person. See if that's for me." So we're always open. We we do we tell people come when it's good for you. We want you to see. We want you to see the experience live at any time. Um, but yeah, we will have an open house. I don't have the date in front of me. Right, but there'll be an opportunity for parents Absolutely. and students to explore. 
Uh, my point really being that yeah. even though we're hopefully at the tail end of Corona, yes. some of the things like these in-person open houses are going to be returning. The communities have an opportunity yes. to explore places like this live and in person. Absolutely. The yeah, Zoom yeah. open houses I've had it with. Yes, you know? exactly. Like, enough is enough. <laughs> just, uh, just this past Sunday night, we had a parent orientation and really just a chance for our parents to meet the Rebbeim and the faculty. And I can't tell you how exhilarating it was to be in the room with with parents. Yes, we, we did. We had a Zoom option. But after last right. year, which our first year, this was different. Shit, you know. I know. I get it. Believe me. Uh, <laughs> I commend you for Thank making you. that move. Uh, Rabbi Yablok, as you know, I was uh, celebrating when you decided to join the New Jersey uh, <laughs> chapter of Jewish education years yes. ago. I was very happy about that and uh, uh, very proud to, uh, to know you for so long. And uh, this effort seems to be going really, really well. So congratulations. Mazel tov. Thank hey, you. I'm, I'm, you. I'm, I'm, greeting, or I'm, I'm giving you closing greetings like this because you're not going to be able to join us during the second half of the show. But sure. I just wanted to thank you for welcoming us here today and wish you the best of luck this year. Thank you so much for joining us. And God. The same to you, Shri Gamar Kasim We should only see success on behalf of Maraltaminim. Amen. Seems like you're doing an amazing job and uh, you have a lot to be proud of. Rabbi Yashar Yablak is the principal, founding principal of R.E. Stroll and Tenafly, New Jersey, where we are live on a Tuesday at JM in the AM.
In the AM with one of the classics. That's right, one of the classics from uh, Mayor Sherman. Words that we're going to be saying again tomorrow night and um, and uh, and Thursday. And that's of course Yom Kippur. Maloch al Kol Haolam Kulo here at the JM in the AM. Before that, you heard Shlomo Katz. Words we'll say on uh, on uh, Yom Kippur. Adam Yesodo Me'afar. And uh, Lamana Chai was done by uh, Levi Folkowitz here on a Tuesday morning broadcast. We are the guests at RU Stroll and Tenafly, New Jersey. They're in their second year. They have over 70 Talmidim, over 70 students in what's already being described as a unique uh, educational institution. And with us live via telephone is a young man that I know for quite a while. And he's, I guess we could say, an alum. I know that he went to Israel a drop earlier than, uh, than most of the other students in the quote-unquote Yeshiva League, but we will call him an alum of R.U. Stroll here in Tenafly, New Jersey, and that's Ike Rosazada, who is uh, studying at Reshit in Israel and joins us live via telephone. Ike, Gmarch Simatova to you. Welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, uh, thank you, Gmarch Simatova. This is a very inspiring time of the year. Before we speak about R.U. Stroll, tell us how things are going. Yum Kipper week in yeshiva in Israel. It's amazing. It's just, you're just learning. You're going to a hotel, learning. It's just completely different than being in America. And you just have a different feeling about everything here. Are you getting the feeling? I mean, you already were there Rosh Hashanah, so I'm sure you've gotten somewhat of the feeling. But are you getting the feeling that tomorrow night... Lel Yom Kippur and Thursday Yom Kippur Day are going to be something extra special in Israel? Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, you have Sukkot coming up. And I'm saying all this because so many of us, children and adults, are jealous because you are part of the smaller group of Jews from around the world who are actually able to be in Israel right now. Uh, most of us at this time uh, either can't get there or can't get there too easily. That must uh, also feel like a privilege that you're there at a time when most people around the world simply can't get there. Yeah, for sure. What can you tell us about RU Stroll? You were obviously here during its first year because now it's in its second year. What can you tell us about what you remember about the kickoff, about the start of RU Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey, when you were here for your junior year last year? Um, it was definitely the best year of my high school. Um, is just completely different place compared to I mean anywhere else. Some of my friends tell me about other places from other places I've been. It's just completely different. It's just like it was much like I was a much much happier there. I was I definitely did a lot more there. 
And even though it was the first year, did you feel that you gained in both your uh, Jewish and secular subjects? For sure, 100%. Are you shocked that they're up to 70 Talmidim, up to 70 students now? Not at all. And you anticipate that that you anticipate growing. Yeah, that's just going to say. I had a feeling you're anticipating that it's just going to get bigger, bigger and bigger. Ike Rosazada is with us. He's in Israel. He's in uh, the Reshit uh, Yeshiva in the Beit Shemesh, and he is a graduate of Aryusral. Even though they're uh, uh, in existence for just over a year, they already have graduates, alumni. Believe it or not. Um, uh, what else can you tell us about uh, what you remember from Aryusral and what you think of their potential growth? I could um, definitely coming to Israel after being in Israel made the switch coming to Israel a lot harder because of the time I had there and how great it was. So the first couple of weeks here have been hard just because I came from that kind of place. And that the rebellion there were amazing. Like I loved like the style of everything and the way the learning was and how we were able to pick the kind of things that we were interested in and just not being forced to, to really like just not having like the crazy push and the crazy attendance and all that stuff. Like I think you just come to it more real and it just, it, it just lasts because I mean, I hope and I think it lasts because it's just, it comes from a real place. Like you're not doing it for somebody else; you're doing it for yourself. Well, it certainly sounds like it worked for you. I want to take this opportunity um, uh, to wish you a gemar simatova, continued success, and regards to all the talmidim that you see in Israel. Let them know that there are people who are very jealous that you guys are spending the year in the Holy Land. Hello. <laughs> Ike Rosazada, everybody, one of the uh, graduates, if you will, of Yeshiva R. Yisrael. I don't think everybody Friedman minds if I say graduate. Why not? <laughs> because even though the Yeshiva is just over a year old, nonetheless, uh, they're proud to have alumni who are already spending time in Israel and continuing to progress. We're at R. Yisrael here at the Zichron David Beit Midrash, based Medrash Zichron David, which is dedicated to the memory of and in honor of members of the Rosazada family. We'll speak with uh, Joe and Lori later on. Joe, of course, Dr. Joe, is uh, regarded as one of the uh, founders of the uh, school. We spoke to Rabbi Yablok, founding principal, earlier, and, of course, Rabbi Friedman is going to join us during the heart of the program coming up in another few minutes here at JM in the AM. I do want to remind you that uh, this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Seth Levin and everybody at Abels and Hyman wish everyone out there a happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. Gamarchasimatova, go to kosherdogs.net, order what you need for Sukkot, and enjoy a 10% discount with promo code RADIO. Try some A&H today. You'll be glad you did. And don't forget that today is the continuation of our Tishrei Chesed campaign. There are a lot of suggestions that we have made over the last few weeks about doing nice things and gestures for families in need, both financial need and other type of need, between now and Monday night when Sukkot begins. But I am now starting to really get into gear in terms of uh, Six Flags, our friends at NCSY, who, of course, help us sponsor our broadcast, they are uh, going to be at Six Flags Thursday, Cholamoid, and we're encouraging everybody to go to ncsygreatadventure.com, ncsygreatadventure.com. If you click on the menu on the right side and get to the donate link, you could actually donate tickets to single parents and their families, their children, so that they can enjoy 
a uh, wonderful uh, um, uh, visit to Six Flags during Thursday Cholamoid as well. Go to ncsygreatadventure.com, get all the information for yourselves, and of course, donate as many tickets as you can to help out those who otherwise would not have an opportunity. And I'm sure Rabbi Friedman and others would, would emphasize, as I always do, all great educators would emphasize that even though when I was growing up, free time during Cholamoid was not a bad idea, these days, free time for young men and women in our community is not the best idea. It's better to spend in the quality atmosphere with friends and in, a, in what is considered a proper Cholamoid environment of a lot of fun. So those of you who are giving tickets, you're not just giving tickets to people who want to go on rides. You're giving tickets to young people uh, out there who otherwise would be spending their day um, a lot differently. Boredom is a very, very bad thing for our children today uh, in 2021. may not have been like that when I was a kid, but it's certainly like that now. So do what you can to make sure everyone has great Cholamoid activities to attend this year. Go to ncsygreatadventure.com. More coming up. We're at R.U. Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey on a Tuesday at JM in the AM. Thank <laughs> you. 
Mizmar Lasoda done by Avremo Avram Fried. Before that, Ochila from Yishai Rebo. And that wraps up hour number one at R.U. Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey, where the guests are the founders of this uh, yeshiva, R.U. Stroll. And that includes um, uh, Rabbi Scott Friedman, who is the uh, founding head of school, uh, Rabbi Usher Yablok, who's the founding principal, who we met earlier, and uh, Dr. Joe and Lori Rosazada, who are the founding president and parents of um, R.U. Stroll. We're going to meet them, of course, and speak with them, and we've met them a million times before on the air, obviously. Those of you who are longtime listeners know that, but we'll find out their perspective on the yeshiva coming up in hour number three this morning here at JMNAM. It's a Tuesday on this 14th of September, the 8th of Tishrei, 70 degrees, a mix of sun and clouds, and a high of 82. Right now, 81 in Yerushalayim, 70 in New York City, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored Digital radio, around the world, the web, and NachumSegal.com, and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. For those of you watching on video, either during or after our broadcast, the background uh, um, that I'm sitting in front of literally takes us back to Israel. I know that that's hard to say when it's been such a separation between everybody in the Holy Land uh, during this past year and a half. But if you look at the background, at least, we have a, um, a wall that is designed to remind us as much as possible of the Kotel Amaravi, the Western Wall, and it's always nice, even 6,000 miles away, to have a reminder of where the centrality of the Jewish world is and where the future of the Jewish people is, and that's, of course, in Jerusalem and the state of Israel. More coming up, hour number two, plus Rabbi Friedman, and a whole lot more from Ar Yisrael in Tenafly, New Jersey, if you keep it at JM in the AM. Oh, it's all. 
J.M. in the A.M. with our friends up in Waterbury and Acha Shoalti. Thanks for joining us. We're in hour number two of our broadcast from R.U. Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey. Rabbi Scott Friedman is the founding head of school at R.U. Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey. I'm, I'll tell you why I'm laughing. I believe, in all seriousness, this is no way demeaning. I think that you'll find it funny. I believe the last time you and I spoke on the air was about construction. <laughs> was about at, building a Beit Midrash, if at, I'm not mistaken. At Hecha. Correct. You remember that? Absolutely. So here, look what you've done. You've built another Beit Midrash, which is, of course, the centerpiece of this beautiful building and dedicated, of course, in memory of and in honor of the uh, members of the Rosazada family. So did you have more of a role in the building of that Beit Midrash or the building of this one? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. I had a very big role in both. Um, but I'm glad you brought it up because it's really what <sighs> it, they're both about the same thing, which is trying to build Tyra and, you know, help teenagers grow. And uh, from what I know, Heichal is doing a phenomenal job. And um, I'm very lucky to have been a part and have a schuss in helping Joe help Heichal. Right. And now to be able to do it here, uh, which is a very different mission. Um, you know, it was a also. I, I spoke to Rabbi Yablok earlier, as you know, and, uh, and we were talking about the challenge of taking on the task of being a founding principal. Tell me about the task about being a founding head of school. It is even with all the schools that are being built, thank God, in this country. There are many Jewish schools. We're in an era where I think there are just a lot of schools that are popping up in different places. But it can't be easy to take on this challenge and have the confidence that you're going to succeed. What was it like the months before this school ever opened? That's a great question. Um, it was hard. Um, this was a vision I had going back to um, probably 2002. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right in the middle of your whole Jewish education experience. Yeah, well, that's where it was formed. Right. You know, I personally... 
was a miserable high school student. I was a miserable student, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever hated school as much as I have. Wow. Yeah, which I think is unique about my role. Um, I believe the average or even more than average, most heads of schools and probably even educators are people who like school. And I actually think that's where the disconnect is with the majority of Talmudim of students in most of the schools. Because such a large number don't have an affinity to school, right? Exactly. Don't enjoy I mean, the experience. And right? So often I've heard parents say, you're not supposed to like school. Right. That's the way it is. Right. And so what happens is it's hard for them to relate because they like school. That's why they went back into it. But the average kid didn't. So I think that that gives me a perspective that I'm able to um, relate and try to cater and uh, custom make the experience. Well, I'm going to jump ahead topics then for a moment, if I may. Sure. You then need Rabbeim. Well, we could talk about secular subject teachers as well, but let's start with Rabbeim because we know that it's centerpiece of a Jewish school. You need Rabbeim, who I, I don't want to say who all failed out of school yeah. <laughs> like you're, or had a miserable experience like you said you had, sure. but you need Rabbeim who can relate to those who don't want the what we've gotten used to in terms of conventional Jewish Can you find those types of, of rabbis? Another great question. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll tell you where the culture exists. There's a whole underground of such people. <laughs> um, basically what happens in the world that I grew up in, kids go to school. Most of them don't like it. Many of them hate it, to be honest. It's a very unnatural experience. And they're really forced into it because if they don't do it, they're afraid their future is at stake, you know, uh, their reputation, whatever it might be. There's a lot of fear, in my opinion. And they go to Eretzel. They have this amazing experience. And whereas so many kids are struggling religiously and emotionally, and they are, um, in high school, Baruch Hashem for the yeshivas in Eretzel, they have this completely different experience. Now, I know your kids might have been different. But uh, no, they were. They they were always good students, and they liked school. And you know, in Baruch Hashem, you're very fortunate. But I don't think that that is really the average kid out there. Um, and that's a testament to you and to them. They're wonderful kids. Um, but that's not the average experience. And then they go to Eretz and all of a sudden they have this totally different experience. Yeah, but I think students of all backgrounds have a great time in Israel. I don't mean great time fun. I mean great time in terms of having an inspiring experience. I think the best students have a great inspiring experience, and those who were weak in high school. Have an inspiring experience. You know what? I'm glad you said that. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that. I'll tell you why. Because I do believe that this concept and philosophy that we stand for here is for everybody. I, you know, people say to me all the time, "You're filling a need." I'm like, "Really? Do you know what that need is? (laughs) What need do you think we're filling?" Your vision is both the very good student and the weaker student can thrive in this building. That's your vision, basically. Not can they do? Right, and they will. And it comes really from my experience in Israel. You know, I had a tremendous experience in Reishit back in 1999. I stayed four years in Eretzrael. All le- in Reishit? No, I was in Madrich there for two years, but wow. I-, I learned in other yeshivas. And one of the stops along the way was Eish Torah. And Eish wouldn't let me in. Why? Because I had a background. And they said we only work with people without backgrounds which is an interesting idea, and if we had more time, I'd elaborate. Right. At least they were upfront about it, but okay. <laughs> but what was special about Aish, you had people who were highly motivated, learning in Koilo there, and then you had people walking around with tattoos and ponytails. And it was amazing. Each people were coming to Hashem from their own place and in their own way. 
And that was my vision, that we would create an environment that would breed a ruchnius, that would breed um, a healthiness, that would breed a love of Hashem from wherever guys are coming from. And we're already building it, and it's already happening, and it's, uh, it's a dream come true to see it happening. I'll just tell you quickly, I remember when I came back from Eretz so I was hired you know, somewhere that I worked, and I remember seeing a friend of mine who had worked there before I got there for about a year or two. And I remember I said to him, like, so when is everyone going to realize that we need to mimic what's going on in Eretz Like, when's everyone going to get with the program? It's so obvious to everyone in Eretz that things there are being done properly. When's it going to happen here? And he said to me, like, what are you talking about? It's a different world. You can't compare. And I was like, really? You think that? Like, I was so shocked. You know, I really thought that he, of course, would get it. He didn't get it. And... You know, our career. But you're hiring Urbayim now, I assume, who get it. Only. Otherwise, 100%. You know, what's the point? You can't do this yourself. 100%. <laughs> and the Urbayim here are. I mean, amazing. even Rabbi Yablok as a choice, I'm sure, was, you know, someone who you felt, you know, would understand exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, and I would add something else. We will only hire people that I've never heard any student ever say that they had a problem with. If I ever hear from one student, one, that they had an issue with a Rebbe or someone, I will never. Hire that person. Rabbi Scott Friedman's with us. He's founding head of school here at the R.U. Sorrell in Tenafly, New Jersey. Now, you could be sitting, and forget COVID for a moment, although it's impossible to forget, it seems, but forget it for a moment. You could be sitting here with 10 students. You don't know if you would have been successful. You have no idea what year number two would have brought. You would have been sitting here with 20 students. You're sitting here with 70 or more. I think you said 73, which is a pretty astounding number. I told you I'm familiar just because of my life experience with new schools and what good numbers are in year number two. You're in a really nice place. I hope you realize that, especially for today. I mean, you're in a really nice place. And that number likely because there's an open house coming up on November the 21st. 21st, thank you. There's an open house coming up on November the 21st where parents and eighth graders can, and I guess other students can, uh, right, even other students in other high schools can find out about RU Strell. So that number could go, you know, over 100, 150, I mean, you know, lofty goals, but now you see that they're attainable. Um, so it must be, you know, it, it, it could have been, as confident as you were, an experiment that would not have gone so well. Why are you sitting with 73 students now? Great question. Um, there are a lot of reasons. The main reason is because we're right. This, in my opinion, is the only way to educate American boys, high school boys. The only way. There is no other way, in my opinion. And it's not my opinion. It's from Matteo Solomon Schlitter's opinion. Um, I know Dr. Srotskin, who I'm a very big chassid of. Uh, we have a we- on our website, oryot.org, there's a essentials reading for parents page. In my opinion, it has... That's the vision, is there? It, the vision, everything about chinuch, about education, about raising children is on there. Um, you know, education is really raising children. It's the same concepts and it's principles. Yeah, but it's it's more than that. It's a relationship. Right. And you can't, and you shouldn't. I, I, maybe I could read to you quickly. Sure. Um, there's this amazing quote. I read it at Back to School Night. There are a few amazing quotes. But here we go. This is from Ramatio Salman Shlita, the Mashkilch of Lakewood. Um, and he says in his book on parenting, which is called With Hearts Full of Love, it's on our website, should a child be forced to do mitzvahs against his will? That's the question. Should we force children to do mitzvahs? It seems to me that he should not. The purpose of chinuch and mitzvahs is to introduce a child to them when he is still young so that when he grows older he will become conditioned 
to do mitzvahs and so that he will perform them with enthusiasm and appreciation. Forcing a child to do mitzvahs, therefore, can only have the opposite effect. It can be the most counterproductive thing imaginable. I want to tell you a story that I experienced working somewhere. There was a boy who fell asleep um, in his class. And there are a million reasons a kid could fall asleep. Well, it happens a million times a day. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Most of the time, it's the Rebbe's fault, in my opinion. But that's a separate story. And um, Or too many extracurricular activities and not getting enough sleep, Rabbi. <laughs> maybe, but if he was looking forward to this year, maybe he'd figure that out. But okay. So he fell asleep, and they gave him what they call a sleep, which is essentially a cut. You lose right. two points on right. your report. As cut. if you're not there. Right, which seems to me a great way to inspire children to connect to Hashem. And when the child was then um, woken up after being given a sleep, which also doesn't make sense to me. If you're given a sleep, you should be able to sleep. Um, <laughs> the guy, the guy sleep. He, he then made him stand in the corner of the room for the remainder of the shear. And I like to say this was not 1800s. This was very recent. To me, that's abuse. That, that is not chinuch. But these things are going on. And I feel passionately Kids need to be respected. They're people. They have feelings. Their feelings matter. And I don't, I, don't, I don't understand what we think we're accomplishing by making kids here. Kids do not have to daven. They do not have to learn. And the parents know that. We're upfront about that. That's part of our vision, that they make that decision when they're ready. We are here to facilitate it, to encourage it. We, are here, we want them very much to come to that decision because we want them to some would say a non-davener might affect the entire davening experience of the school, no? Well, th- listen, we daven next door in the Chabad. Right. So anyone who wants to join us comes. Anyone who doesn't is able to stay here. And we have uh, a Rebbe here who hangs out with the guys and schmoozes with the guys and, and is able and to And might do discuss it. with them why they don't want to daven. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else. We have boys who will pop in and put their tefillin on and leave. And to me, that's tremendous. That's a wonderful thing. You know, I'm not perfect. I don't know. You know, I don't think most people are. You know, people. Well, the hope is, of course, that that they you are hoping that they feel that they'll get there eventually. So just uh, this is the stage they're at. Well, let me say something about that. I I can't hope that if I hope that it gets in the way of my sincerity towards them as people. Um, What I can hope for um, or let me say it differently. I want them to be happy. And I believe the greatest happiness in the world comes from everything Hashem gives us. So how about this? What they are doing, you'd like them to do with a full heart. If they literally are only putting on tefillin, you'd like that to be done with you know, enthusiasm and with the love of God. Let's put it that way. I, I want them to be happy people, healthy people, and I believe in order to be truly happy and healthy, you have to live a life of Torah. You have to have a relationship with Hashem. And my hope is, yes, that they will see that for themselves and they'll come to it. And we've already seen it. We've seen miracles happening where kids, you know, but even that's an important point. We have all kinds of kids here. I know a lot of people want to say, oh, Orisol is a place for a certain kind of kid. It is such a lie and is so overstated. It's just not true. I mean, I think everyone would like to believe that because it would make the story better and it would make it easier to not deal with the fact that we are saying that the education system is not working, in my opinion, which it is not. 
And, uh, yeah, I believe this is the place for absolutely almost everybody. If there's a boy that wants to go to, like, an Ivy League school, this is probably not the place for them. We don't have a track record. I can't prove in any way that we have relationships to get kids into a Harvard or a Princeton or a Yale. You know, that is not a place here. Well, again, at least you're being upfront about it. Oh, totally, yeah. I mean, we're not – I'm upfront about everything. Right, right. Friedman is the uh, founding head of school. We should speak for a moment. I, I, I would imagine this is going to be one of our few visits to our Israel, so we should try to cover as much as possible, especially as we're telling the world about this relatively new yeshiva. Um, for many parents, and I, w- I would suspect for most people uh, in our community, uh, or at least the communities that you're serving, secular subjects are very important. Absolutely. Um, I- again, just like you concentrate on hiring Rebbeim who get this mission, do you hire secular subject teachers who understand this mission? It feels like I, re- I asked you to ask certain <laughs> questions, even though I know I didn't, because really it's, uh, it's... Well, that's it's, one of the greatest comments i ever got. <laughs> yeah, no, really, no joke. Uh, I'm going to answer. I just want to tell you, I myself have a master's from Columbia. Oh, wow. So in spite of my difficulty with school growing up, um, I later, you know, was able to go on and, you know, have an academic career. So you obviously went to college and then and then to a master's program. Um, no, I actually went to Or Sameach, which was an accredited BTL, and I later have a phenomenal story how it worked out at Columbia, but probably not for now. But I did go to Columbia. So not Aish, but Or Sameach. Well, I, that was my last stop because of their BTL program, actually. Interesting. And then from there to Columbia graduate. Yes. Interesting. And, uh, yeah. But uh, back to your question. Great question. And it's really um, uh, Rabbi Yablok gets the credit there. Uh, we interviewed last year um, teachers which is a, its own conversation because originally we opened without teachers for the general studies. It was all online learning. And, uh, and there was a reason for that, a few reasons, uh, if I could elaborate. Sure. Two reasons. One reason was because of COVID, there was this fear, you know, that we were going to be on Zoom. And let me tell you something, Zoom is not a good thing. So, you know, this avoided that problem if we had that problem. And you did end up here most days. Yeah. Baruch Hashem. Thank God. I mean, listen, we were small. You know, right. we were like 30 kids. Right. So we had less. But still. Right. Yeah. Baruch Hashem. We were very fortunate. Um, the other thing, though, was I hated sitting still in a class as a kid. And a lot of kids do. And it was amazing. When I started working in my previous school and I got there in 2006 or seven, whatever year it was, I remember I saw kids on laptops in class, and I was like, is this happening? Like, are kids really allowed to be on laptops? Do they realize they're on ESPN the whole day? <laughs> I wish I had this. I would have gotten less trouble. It was amazing. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, so kids don't want to sit. You know, they want to. So I thought it was a great idea to let them do their work at their own pace online. But they still had to do their work. The right. program we worked with was a highly accredited program. Not only that, we wanted to prove we had a track record to get kids into college. And this program did. It had a 40-year track record. Our kids all got into their colleges. They got to Rutgers, um, I think YU, whatever schools they applied to, they, were, they, they got into. Uh, I don't think anybody didn't get into the school that they had wanted to go to. Um, we even had, you know, we had a student who was a, a star student in his previous school. We had a few of them who came here. Why'd they come if they were star students? They like the philosophy. They like the concept. They want to be treated as an adult. They want to, you know, have their feelings count. To me, the idea that a kid can't go to the bathroom during class is like, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, ha- how could I mean, how could we have such little trust in our Talmudim that we're afraid they're going to manipulate our system? To me, there's something wrong with the system if that's our big fear. Wow. So again, secular teachers. Sorry, thank you. Sorry <laughs> about the tangent. So back to se- our general studies teachers. They're phenomenal. Rabbi Yabak did an unbelievable job. I sat with him during the interviews. He ran them, and he brought them in, you know. And um, we interviewed in one particular subject. 
there were there were two people that he had honed in on, and one of them had an unbelievable resume, like really unbelievable. And I was super impressed. And, you know, I'm not someone who cares about what people say. And I'm not, like, looking to um, um, fool people. But I was impressed. I'm like, look at this guy's resume. He said, yeah, but he'll never get the kids. He'll never be able Whoa, to work with them. And he hired the person with the less impressive resume. And she's a beloved teacher here. The guys absolutely love her. Mm. And she's a great teacher. And you know what? I think that... School, yeshiva could be fun. It should be fun. You know, really, I wanted to take NCSY Cola and make it a year-long experience. And that's what, <laughs> what we've done. What a compliment for Rabbi Benevitz. Why yeah, <laughs> and, well, he's, they've done a phenomenal job over there. Yeah, I know from personal experience. Um, Rabbi Scott Friedman, uh, the 21st of November will be an opportunity for uh, parents and students to come check out RU Israel. Uh, information, as you said, the website is? Uh, or OHR, that is, YOT.org. And we should say one thing before we wrap up this conversation. We are sitting here on what I consider be, to be a unique day. First of all, the eighth day of Aserish May Tshuva, if you look at Slichus in general, is a unique day. But aside from that, tomorrow night's Yom Kippur. I can only imagine what this week has been like for the Talmidim. We spoke to Aiki Rosazada before. It's no secret that anybody who's in Israel this week, and I think even Balabatim in Israel this week, feel a special inspiration. What can you tell me about Or Yisrael over the last couple of weeks uh, as they've experienced pre-Rosh Hashanah and now pre-Yom Kippur? Well, certain Shirim are learning sugyas of Inyane Diyayma. You know, we have Menachem Zupnik, who is a rav of one of the biggest shuls in Pesayik. Right. Um, he, Rabbi Zupnik. Yeah, he's... He's a, here? Oh, yeah. He's a massive Tam Tchachem. He gave classes in Penn and Princeton and NYU right. over his life. So I thought he would be a phenomenal person because, again, it goes back to the mission. This is not a place for kids that don't have another place, is, although it is a place for them also, I want to be clear. <laughs> um, this is not a place for kids who are failing elsewhere. This is a lichatchila situation of the way chinuch is supposed to be done. So if Zutna gives a shir, you know, to be able to have someone like that in high school nonetheless is unbelievable. Um, our our rebbeim are amazing. Also, I'll say one more thing. We have different types of rebbeim. So we have like two shirim that I would call like, you know, there's a lot of conversation, let's say. And two shirim that are kind of mixed. Conversation with more learning. Then you have two shirim that are very serious learning and, you know, really only learning throughout uh, the shir. So guys are able to pick. I want one of these and one of those. I want two of these. And we let them pick exactly where they want to go. I know previously I've been told that schools were afraid to do that. What if they pick one guy more than the other? Good. That's wonderful. That means he's doing a good job. But Baruch Hashem, we don't have that problem. I, the only problem I have is we have so many good rebellion that the guys actually have a hard time picking. <laughs> a nice smorgasbord of offerings, huh? Uh, but in terms of this week, I mean, I know that uh, um, in addition to learning, I know music. Yeah. I know that um, um, uh, what some people would call musr schmoozes or just conversations yep. about uh, about inspiring topics in Judaism. You said it's why Cole. I'm trying to think of some of the things that they would do if they were open this so week. So good, right? So I'll tell you what it is. So today we're ending our day. It's our last day before yeah. you know before Yom Kippur, um, and we have Rav Shlomo Gason. Oh. who is the head of, you know, he's the lead singer sure. that is of Zusha. Um, and along with his, uh, I mean, he doesn't work here, his partner, but uh, uh, Zach Goldschmidt, I think it is, uh, who's my old friend Ari's younger brother. 
And uh, Shlomo, we moved his normal music slot. He comes in four days a week and gives a music tefillah and meditation sheer. That's a, uh, <laughs> a good pre-Yom Kippur experience. Right. So we moved it to the end of the day. <laughs> nice. and we're going to close the day out with the kumzits. Well, with that's him. exactly what I mean. So yeah. you're paying special attention to all the extracurricular things, including the things that are inspiring, not just being in the Yeshiva League, which I believe you're in now. Right. right. So we, we were just accepted and, um, you know, we were working on putting things together that we have a group WhatsApp chat with uh, all the Talmudim and, you know, all their BAM, at least the ones who have a smartphone. And uh, <laughs> last night, the guys were up till about 2 in the morning. I was up with them um, talking about who's playing goalie. They had a lot of different <laughs> suggestions. We'll see. Will the first game be in October or November? When's, right. when's the first game? Do I don't know? even know, to be honest. But the schedule know. will be out soon, right? Yeah. And I assume you'll be in some New Jersey division. I Listen, guess. No, no yeshiva <laughs> that has Joe Rosada as the president is not going to be in the yeshiva league. I could tell Founding you president. And we'll meet him later, won't we? Yeah, maybe just one thing I could say sure. quickly. Of course. Um, Joe and Lori, um, really leaders of the community, um, not only founders here, but, you know, they just opened their own shul in West Orange and Rabbi Cement, who you're going to speak to eventually. Uh, he's on the list. He's someone that we brought on as our new mashkiach. Um, yeah, Joe's a big fan. You know, everybody's a huge fan. He's an amazing person, an amazing rabbi. The guys love him. And he gave a shir last night there. And, you know, he built an heichal. Right. And, you know, it's just inspiring to be around a person who, Baruch Hashem, has done well financially for himself but he looks to help the community. He looks to find ways to really make a difference in the world. Yeah. And, uh, and, and all you're saying, you could say it ten times more, and it still wouldn't cover it, as you know. A thousand. And people a thousand. need to realize A that. thousand times yeah. more. Great people. So. Wonderful family. Yeah. And as we said, their, the Beit Midrash Zichron David is named for uh, Mr. Davud Rosazada, David Ben Yosef Akoin, and in honor of the wonderful Mrs. Golda Rosazada, who we all know very well. And um, and that is the centerpiece, the Beit Midrash of this or Yisrael of Tenafly, New Jersey. Absolute last thing. I, I just really want to thank the Talmidim, the boys. Um, people compliment me all the time. Look at what a great job you're doing. I'm not just saying this. It's the truth. The boys and the staff, they're amazing. It's a dream come true. And sometimes I look at boys who are unhappy elsewhere, and I, I literally think to myself, how could anybody not have loved this kid? How is it even possible? He's a, He's unbelievable. And they are unbelievable, and we love them, and we're so grateful to uh, to the boys because they, they really make it work. It wouldn't work if they didn't act so maturely and buy in in the way that they do. Very nice. The school day officially starts what time? Officially 8.45. Today we push it off to 9 so that, you know, I could dive in with the guys. <laughs> I like that. And uh, <laughs> But otherwise, 8.45, we intentionally start very late so that, again, it's not, you know, it's not a tircha for the guys. Interesting. Uh, Rabbi Scott Friedman is the founding head of school. A very fascinating conversation about the founding of R.U. Stroll of Tenafly, New Jersey. And I wish you a Gemar Chesimatova. And we'll speak later on. But you a, a well. Gemar Chesimatova and a good you are. Uh, more coming up at JMNAM. Uh, this time each and every Monday through Thursday. Rabbi David Goldwasser. His words. Zech Nishmas Harav Zevin. Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Zech Nishmas Esther. Basra Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Pasuk, Nach Nach Let us examine our ways, the Nashuva Ad Hashem, and return to Hashem. Even when a person begins to examine their ways, it is already the beginning of returning to Hashem. When a person does tshuva, it causes a new essence, it causes the world to change. In the Talmud and Brachos, we learn that Rabbi Huna had 400 barrels of wine. They fermented 
It was a great loss. The Chachamim came to him and they said to him, examine your deeds. He said, am I suspect in your eyes? You think I did something wrong? They said to him, and then is Hashem suspect in your eyes that you were caused damage without proper reason? So Rav Huna said to them, did you hear something about me? If you did, then tell me. They told him that they had heard he doesn't give a share of his vines to his sharecropper. Rav Huna said, does the sharecropper leave over anything for me from all the produce that he grows on my property? He steals it all. So when I deny him his share of the vines, I am merely taking that which he stole from me. They said to him, that's the meaning of what people say. One who steals from a thief has the taste of Geneva the taste of theft. Although he did not violate a prohibition, it was not proper for someone of his great stature to conduct himself this way. And so right away he was macabre. He accepted upon himself to give the sharecropper his share in the future. Immediately, the loss was restored. Some say that his vinegar turned back into wine. And some say that the price of vinegar rose to the amount that wine was being sold to. It was a nace. Was it a nace nister, a hidden miracle, or a nace goloi, or a revealed miracle? The opinion that says that the vinegar became wine again, of course, that's an open miracle. However, the second opinion, that the price of vinegar rose to the price of wine, that would be a miracle that was hidden. Rabbi Yitzhak Eichenstein said, we can understand that this is also a miracle. But what would people say? What would they say in the newspapers? They would say it was inflation. There was a shortage of vinegar. It was a very hot summer and affected the price of vinegar. All types of reasons would be given. But the true reason is that a Jew did tshuva. One person that does tshuva, one person that repents, affects the entire world. When somebody does tshuva, there is an integral change in the individual themselves. A person could attribute it to many reasons, but the true reason was that there was somebody who returned to Hashem with great love. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM in the AM. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. We're here at RU Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey. Plenty more coming up. I want to thank our friends at GaiaCoffee.com. G-A-I-A-Coffee.com. Make sure you have what you need for the upcoming holiday of Sukkis starting on Monday night. Remember, if you have a uh, hot glass of, of water and a Gaia coffee bag, you are all set with a fresh brewed cup of coffee, even on Yontif. Go to GaiaCoffee.com, G-A-I-A Coffee.com, G-A-I-A Coffee.com, and get what you need for Yontif. Hey, Simon is out there, commented on the app. Thank you, listener Simon in Jerusalem, who's tuned into our broadcast here at uh, JM in the AM. Um, what are we doing here, CK? One second. Um, so big thank you and shout out to Simon. Also, I noticed on the app, AJA Carpool, number 204, down in Atlanta, Georgia, is tuned in with a happy birthday to carpooler Shira. Shira is celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday from all of us here 
at JM and the AM. 14th of September, 8th of Tishrei, JM and the AM, and Rabbi Aaron Cement is the Mashkiach Ruchani at Or Yisrael here in Tenafly, New Jersey. Rabbi Cement, a pleasure to welcome you to JM and the AM. How are you? Doing well. I wish uh, I wish I was doing as well as your reputation, frankly, because everybody I hear from absolutely <laughs> wants you in their institution, their shul, their school. Uh, sounds like uh, it sounds like you're uh, uh, inspiring a lot of people this time of year, and a big yeshikoch for that. That's very very kind of you. The truth is is that uh, I have a great fortune of uh, of being with some really magnificent educators. And uh, people that inspire me, and one of those people, obviously, is uh, is the Rosh Hashiva of this great institution, Rabbi Friedman, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, doing a good job here, and uh, they're very happy that you are now aboard, frankly. Um, Rabbi Cement, it's an interesting time of year. It's a time of year where students are getting ready for a little bit of a vacation. Not that they, they need it this early in the school year, but that's the way the calendar works out. But before that, of course, we have Yom Kippur starting tomorrow night and a very important week as far as I'm concerned uh, to be broadcasting from a yeshiva uh, when we're in a, a type of institution that really has an important role in inspiring students, especially in the month of Tishrei. What would you say... Uh, to parents and students and those listening who are looking for a little extra as we go into Erev Yom Kippur tomorrow? Uh, I would say that um, new beginnings, new opportunities, whatever was in the past is, uh, is in the past, and we go right there, we move ahead. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's so important not to get bogged down by our past or our past experiences or or what we've done and, and looking to a brighter and a better future. And, um, and, I, and we all have that within our, within our reach. Yeah. So we're, we're... And that message is not only for adults, but it can be for students as well. A lot of times students, I mean, I remember high school, even though it was a very, very long time ago, a lot of times it's very hard uh, to eliminate or to forget about, uh, you know, things that, uh, that people have pursued in the past and to start uh, to start from scratch, do you find that these days as well, high school students have difficulty doing that? You know, there's there's no question that it's it's obviously difficult for, for all people, but in a certain way, it's actually might be easier for for a high school student because a high school student has been doing wrong less years. <laughs> in other words, it's uh, it's it's an adult who's been doing who's been doing the same thing over, you know. John, John Wooden said something very brilliant. He said that, that it's not true that, that, that practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice that's makes perfect. Wow. And, uh, and, and, and the truth is, is that if you're doing it less perfect, less years, so the opportunity to change uh, perhaps might be even a bit easier. So we, we actually are, are lucky and, and fortunate that, that, that we're dealing with teenagers that have been doing it less Better, less years. Baruch Hashem. I like that. I also like the fact that John Wooden can be quoted in a, in a uh, piece of Musser. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, one of the great college basketball coaches, unfortunately for people like me, I have to point that out because unlike my generation, some generations tuned in don't have that information at the ready. Rabbi Aaron Cement is with us. Meshkiach Ruchani at R.E. Israel of Tenafly. Why does it work? I mean, you've praised Rabbi Friedman, and I get it. Believe me, he and Rabbi Yablok obviously get a lot of the credit. Uh, but why are things working here? Uh, Rabbi Cement, as you know, in year number two of a school, it can be a very shaky experience, a very fearful one for those who embarked on this new project. Why is it working here and working well? It's working because um, 
Rabbi Freeman and Rabbi, and Rabbi Yablak um, are, are consumed with these Talmidim 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, you know, I was, I, I was talking to Rabbi Freeman yesterday, and, uh, and, I, and I said to him, I said, you probably have uh, 90 different things on your mind right now. And, and little did he know that what I was referring to was, wasn't whether the electricity is working in the building, but we have 70 guys plus 10 rebellion, that's 80, right. plus, you know, they, 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 they also love the janitors, so that's an extra three. And, and I'm sure within the next 24 hours, there'll be another six boys that are coming into the Shiva. It totals 90. I'm telling you, it totals 90. <laughs> so uh, that's because they're consumed with the Talmidim. Uh, ultimately, that's what's making it work. The, the Talmidim know that they are cherished and they're loved, and that they're accepted and embraced regardless of, of who they are, where they are, um, what yarmulke they're wearing, or if wearing a yarmulke. It, 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 it doesn't make a difference. You're loved, you're embraced. Grow and to become a better, a better Jew and a, and a greater Obed Hashem. You know, it's funny because Rabbi Friedman earlier said that you know, just like, uh, just like parenting is obviously one of the most important things in the development of a child. So is the partnership with the uh, the principals, the uh, the heads of school, the rabbeim, etc. Uh, that deal with uh, Talmidim and, and general studies uh, teachers who deal with Talmidim all day long. And it's funny because he made that comparison, and you just said. Uh, that that they're consumed with the students' interests 24 hours a day. That's the only way to be a parent. The only way to be a parent is to be consumed with the child's welfare 24 hours a day, as us as parents know. And then the only way, and there's no shortcut, the only way, as you just described, for the school to work well and for the mission to, to go well is to be consumed with the welfare of the students 24 hours a day. So when we, when we say it's a real partnership, it's a full-time partnership and there are no shortcuts there's no easier way to do it uh it works only because people are invested all day and all night in the welfare of the students and that is why it works and i'm sure that uh, that as you said 365 days a year uh it, whether it's erev yom kippur or whether it's erev hanukkah or whether it's erev purim it doesn't matter when it is it's something that has to the momentum that we just described in terms of that care and concern has to last all year long. Not easy, Rabbi Cement. Not always the easiest for parents. Not always the easiest for teachers to make sure that lasts all year long, but there's no other choice. That's correct. You hit it on the dot. You said it brilliantly and perfectly, and that's uh, that's really what's going on um, at Or East Royal. Baruch Hashem, and I, and I get to be a part of it. And uh, I thank, uh, obviously, Rabbi Freeman for allowing me to be a part of it, and Rabbi Yablok as well, and and really, I have to give a shout out to Hakodesh Baruch Hu <laughs> that continued us, Siyat Nishmaya and the co-host to to uh, to try to help his uh, his beloved children. Baruch Hashem. I hope that's meaningful to the one above that he got a shout out on JM and the AM. I really hope so. Let me tell you. <laughs> Look, you know, you know, I was once I was once in a meeting of of, of Rebbeim and. and we were discussing what's something that perhaps we can do a little bit better. And I said, I, I, I feel like we need to start speaking about HaKadosh Baruch just a little bit more, just a little bit more. It's so important yeah. to hear Hashem, Hashem, yeah. Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch, HaKadosh Baruch, HaKadosh Baruch. And so in, shout out to... No, I was going to say, and in more loving terms as well, 100%. Absolutely. So thank you very much for having me on your program. Rabbi Cement, I, I wish you a Gemar Simatova and a good year and a lot of Thank luck you. here. A lot of Hatzlacha with Ari Yisrael and with all your efforts. 
Thank you. And you the same. Thank you so much. Appreciate that very much. Uh, JM and the Emmer by Aaron Cement is the is the Mashkiach Ruchani here at Or Yisrael in Tenafly, New Jersey. And um, <laughs> the partnership between parents, teachers, Rabbeim, heads of school, 24 hours a day, no shortcuts. These are lessons that most responsible parents and educators know, but it's good to be reminded once in a while. And today we take advantage of the fact that we're at Or Yisrael to remind everybody. More coming up. You're listening to a Tuesday morning broadcast, a live remote broadcast for Or Yisrael Antenna Fly at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with Yehuda Galanz. Remember him, Z.K., Yehuda Galanz? I rediscovered him because of Dr. David Hershorn. We rediscovered him a few weeks ago. I know you remember when he was in the home walk, right? 
Oh, in Nachlaot. That's right. He lived in Nachlaot. Literally next door to the seagulls in Nachlaot. Remember that? He had a, he had a very interesting house and studio there in Yerushalayim. Ah, Yerushalayim. Remember we were able to travel freely to Yerushalayim? Uh, Mrs. Dahan has somebody who's in, in Yerushalayim right now, and that's her son Jacob. Uh, Mrs. Meirav Dahan is a proud, not only a proud Or Yisrael parent, she's a proud parent of an Or Yisrael graduate. That's right. Imagine <laughs> that. A school in existence for one year actually had a graduating class. I learned that this morning. That is, you know, we talk about Or Yisrael being a little bit off the beaten path. Most schools will start with a ninth grade and then progress. That's right. They opened it up to everybody. Anyway, how's your son doing? He's doing great, thank God. He's in Nitivarie. In Yerushalayim. Uh, in Yerushalayim. Um, Does he realize that he's doing something that most of us can't, and that's spend some time in Jerusalem? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's so grateful. He's, uh, um, Rosh Hashanah, he prayed at the Kotel. Oh, boy. It was, you know, it was a big... Uh, wonderful big op- experience. A wonderful experience, absolutely. I can only imagine. Um, tell me about the year before he went to Israel. What was it like for him here in Ar Yisrael? So he actually started at the other high school that he was at. Um, you know, it was right after COVID. Right. Zoom schooling was very hard for him. You know, he you know, always had trouble focusing already in class was a challenge, let alone on Zoom. Um, during the summer of 11th grade, um, he mentioned that Rabbi uh, Friedman, his Rebbe actually, wanted to open a school where there would be no grading for Judaic studies, which I thought was the most unbelievable thing. I had listened to a shir of Rabbi Wallerstein a few years back where he would say that Judaic studies should not be graded because how could we grade who we are and what we are as a Jewish people? Um, And when Jacob told us about that, we're like, look, you're going into 12th grade. Do you really want to go into something new, something unknown, just finish where you are. And he was really on the mend. Um, he decided at the end, I guess he chickened out a little bit to stay where he was. But every, So they started on Zoom, and every free minute he had, he was here, learning, hanging out. Um, you know. And come November, he's like, Mom, like, I need to switch. I can't, like, this is my place. Um, and so we... We we jumped in we jumped in full you know with what was full November, confidence. What was November till June like? The most unbelievable transformation I have ever seen in my child. Um, he wasn't the um, you know um, superstar academic student you know the high honors. He was really like an average kid with um, a great neshama. Um, you know Baruch Hashem in the house we. We breed that, you know, the love of Hashem and spirituality and tzaddikim, etc. And uh, by coming here, I, I just saw the transformation in his um, dedication and his wanting to learn. You know, he really had to work on his skills, basic skills that that he just, you know, he was going to Israel. He goes, I want to come to Israel. I don't want to waste my three first months just adjusting. I want to get there ready to jump in full force. And that's exactly what happened. He had Rabbi Friedman and his Rebbe's and gave him exactly what he needed. The exact Rebbe's was it one-on-one or Chavruta. And it was like that style of learning that just propelled him to another level. It was, it was amazing. And I was telling Rabbi Friedman during graduation, I said, you know, I want you to know that Jacob used to leave his 
uh, to fill in in school over the weekend on purpose so he can come here and dive in and <laughs> learn a little bit, which was like, wow, you know? So. Mrs. Mayrav Dahan is with us. Jacob's now in Israel. Yes. And you're getting very good reports, Baruch yes, Hashem. Yes, great nachad, Baruch Hashem. And he's ready for Yom Kippur tomorrow night, as all the boys there, yes, of course, are. Yes, yes. Uh, and we're talking about R.U. Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey, where Jacob graduated from last year, even though most new schools do not have a graduating class. It was the most, was it was the most amazing graduation. I think there were like nine kids, so we were very fortunate. And I'm saying that because... You had to see the, the, the speech that Rabbi Friedman gave about each child. You know, usually when it's a graduating <laughs> class of 100, they, hard, you're lucky right? if they spell, if they pronounce your name correctly, <laughs> you know, as you pass to get your diploma. Here, Rabbi Friedman took the time to speak about each, each child, their, their um, you know, their, their personalities and how, you know, how they, you know, nobody's perfect and just... Exactly that, you know, how they, they breeded these beautiful children, these beautiful neshamot, and each one went his own way, and it was just very emotional. So, um, I mean, there are a lot of great schools out there. I mean, I think that has to be acknowledged. That 100%. Doing, that are doing great work, but uh, there are going to be people now who are going to be calling you. I, uh, I already received calls. Because you know what this is? This is the season. This right. is the season where right. people are concerned about what their students, what their children are going to be doing next year. Right. So they're going to be calling you, and they're going to say, Tell me about Are You Thrilled? Now, you've already said to this audience uh, what you've thought of uh, your child's experience here, but what would you say to a parent on the phone about this school and why it's something they should consider? So I've already had that experience last year. You know, um, you know, in November, December, January, um, some of my friends who actually ended up sending their kids here called me and said, look, I heard Jacob is in Or Israel. What do you think? And I was very honest. I said, look, you know, thank God we're blessed with amazing schools. Um, the community is growing. The community right. is becoming, um, you know, maybe you want to say it more from or just, you know, diff and there's a need. There's and also more need. accessible. A lot of communities will send from other places. Exactly. To need, exactly. Right? And really, we have, I think, a shortage of, of high schools. Um, and and and. Or Israel really, um, you know, just like other schools for girls. Nale, for example, right. is a new school for girls that opened up as well. Um, and everybody's full, thank God. So I would really say, you know, it's, it's if you're looking for your child to, to have that love of, of learning, this is it. I think in terms of secular education, all the schools will provide you everything. In terms of Judaic, you know, for Ruchniut, Spiritual this is very, s very special. Yeah. Well, a pleasure meeting you. Same. Thank a you gemar so much. Hatimah tova. Gemar hatimah Best tova. to your son. Thank you. And thank you for your comments about Or Yisrael. It sounds like it's done great work for your family, Baruch Hashem. Thank you so much. A Absolutely. Um, Mrs. Meirav Dahan, whose son's son Jacob is now at Nativ in Yerushalayim, doing something that a lot of us can't do, which is spend a lot of time in the holy city of Jerusalem. As we get closer and closer to Yom Kippur, we're visiting a school that's inspiring students on a daily basis. We're at Or Yisrael in Tenafly, New Jersey, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners' spot sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and AlchemSingle.com, and the Single Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app.
JM in the AM. Rabbi Friedman, staff member. No joke. And he's proud of it, and he should be. And I was really cool, happy to hear that uh, that Shlomo from Zusha is now an actual staff member here at RU Israel because music is obviously one of the most inspiring things about our tradition, in my opinion. Um, so you get to see Zusha very often. That's him with Eitan Katz, or them, I should say, with Eitan Katz together, who you also have here once in a while uh, at JM in the AM. Uh, opening up hour number three of JM in the AM here from RU Stroll Antenna Fly, New Jersey. Oh, we did have a comment I wanted to mention on the app because uh, this was a direct compliment to the people at RU Stroll. A gentleman named Moshe, who you could check out on our app, uh, the Rebbeim at RU Stroll are amazing. They put their reputations and Parnassah on the line for the sake of MS and the sake of Talmud Torah Lishma. Thank you, R.U. Stroll. Very nice comment, to say the least. We now get to hear comments and speak with Rabbi Ilan Sonaker, who is the assistant principal here at R.U. Stroll of Tenafly, New Jersey, and one of the most pleasant rabbis you ever want to meet. <laughs> Rabbi Sonaker, welcome to JM of the AM. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to Rabbi be here. Rabbi Sonaker spends his time and career generally in West Hempstead, New York, yet finds time on a daily basis to drive out to Tenafly, New Jersey, that to influence correct. the boys here at R.U. Stroll. Uh, you were first approached when to be part of this R.U. Stroll family? About 30 years ago. What? <laughs> <laughs> it goes back so that Rabbi far? Rabbi Friedman and I are closest of friends for almost 30 years. The rumor is Camp La Vie had a role uh, in that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It did. Um, and we've been childhood friends, really closest of friends, almost like brothers yeah. since then, since we met when we were, I think, 12 years old. So almost 30 years. We'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've been, of course, uh, going, we've been through life together, Baruch Hashem. And uh, it's been a very... You know, Including in Israel, you were actually in the Israel, same In Israel, we yeshiva. were actually roommates right. in the same yeshiva, in Reshit. We were roommates there for two years. But moving forward there. to the 2020s, at so some point, recently, Rabbi Friedman yes, probably so said to you, hey, yes, guess what? Course. I'm actually starting a yeshiva that you and I have spoken about in yes. the abstract over the yes. years. I'm actually doing it. Right. So I would say, as a, an, a listener of the earlier part of the program... Right. I'll call myself part of Rabbi Friedman, what Rabbi Friedman referred to as the underground movement <laughs> that was already happening in other places. Um, I, uh, I consider myself part of that. Um, Rabbi Friedman and I have discussed education, of course, at length, um, how best to try to be mechanich, Jewish boys specifically, as that's where we've found ourselves um, and put our co much of our kochos. And uh, we've been discussing this idea, and Rabbi Freeman is a very passionate person, as you, as sure. you know, and now everybody knows. <laughs> and uh, we were discussing this idea. We, he told me about that he was opening it. And at some point last year, he approached me seriously. Uh, the approach was c consistent from the beginning of the, the plans. But really last year, when he saw the Baruch Hashem growth of the yeshiva, and he felt that he, Rabbi Yablok, needed some another hand on deck or more hands on deck, um, he said to me, he came to me and said, would you consider it? And is this something, I know it's a longer drive, <laughs> and is it something that you would consider? You're, you're somebody who's familiar with large educational institutions. Sure. Can this yeshiva, and I'm saying this more as a generality, mm -hmm. but, but we're talking about our Yisrael, but using sure. the name generically, can one with a vision like this, with a mission like this, that we've been talking about since mm -hmm. 6 o'clock this morning, mm -hmm. work with hundreds and hundreds of students? In other words, can this yeshiva continue to grow and not worry that growth could hamper 
the system that right. you want to continue yes. to implement. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You can get into the yes, hundreds and not with, worry uh, about it. With, with great siyata dishmaya, obviously, we, we all need siyata dishmaya. Right. Um, but absolutely, with the, you know, we, we are very heartfelt people. We are people who, thank God, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, of a bigger guy than Rabbi Friedman. So I guess I have a little bit of a bigger heart. <laughs> but, uh, but no, we, ha- we, we invest our whole self, our whole heart into our students, into the shiva. So this jump from 20 to 70 didn't scare anybody here. Like, it's, it's doable, and, and numbers do not uh, indicate that you lose any of the mission of right. the vision. That's, right. That's so uh, as Rabbi Freeman referenced, uh, together with Rabbi Yablok, you know, they needed to grow the staff. Right. We needed to have more people who can connect to the boys. Right, that's true. If, you have the, if, you, if you're able to maintain the ratio, you, you should and be able to maintain the type yeah, of school you and want. And they right? understand. The students oh, feel yeah. our commitment. They know how much we care about them. They know how proud we are of them. And we know, they know that, uh, that, and we believe that through that connection is the key, is the entrance for their growth. Rabbi Elon Soniker is with us. Not joking around, I'm asking this seriously. Does your role as a pulpit rabbi help in the high school experience? All experiences in life build up to one's experience and right. where they are. Um, being, being involved in, in both sides of, we'll call the Jewish students' life, both from a family side as well as from a, a, a yeshiva side, of course, gives me a perspective that's a little bit different than just being here in the building. I see what it is in the community. I have peers, of course, colleagues who I speak to, not only in West Hempstead, but in all communities. Right. I have a, a little bit of a, you know, kind of zoom out. I can have a broader view of the student's life because that's my life is, is much is, is, is broader than that. A lot of people would say that a pulpit rabbi is involved in adult education and family education. Now, if you're in Yisrael, you're in youth education. Yes. I mean, you've got really got so the whole gamut covered. Yes. Well, this is not my first position right. in uh, education. Obviously. I've been uh, in education right. now for this is my 12th year in education. Um, and it's been a to me, it's all part of the same goal. It's, it meshes together to be part of family lives, to be f- to part of adults' lives, to be part of students' lives, kids' lives. You know, it's all part of uh, trying to inspire people, connect people to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, and to help them grow. I, uh, I've been mentioning this throughout the show, and I'm not sure I'm getting what I'm looking for, but I would think that this week is a different kind of week here. I would think that, in general, the time between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur and the time in the month of Elul since the beginning of the school year, there's a little bit of an avira, a little bit of an atmosphere that's extra special. Is that yeah. something you felt over the last few days or not? Well, as a, a shul rabbi, you know, this week is uh, a <laughs> bit of a busy week in a busy time. So I've been told. Uh, yeah. So uh, for me, the fact that I know where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be there, I'm happy that I made it here on time um, with my eyes open, Baruch Hashem. Um, but it, yes, absolutely. Look, the start of the school year is an exciting time uh, in general. That's true. And that's true. the energy that's, that's present here in the building. You know, there are different ways to look at Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. I was speaking to a boy in my community just last night, and I was trying to help him understand that Yom Kippur is not only a serious day, 
But it's also a day, like the Gemara says, is one of the happiest days on the Jewish a calendar. A real yantif. It's supposed to be, feel like a day of simcha, of Hashem reaching out, Kaviachal to us to connect. It's a day of connection. It's a day of tahara, of pure, feeling pure. And it's a day of being inspired and uplifted. That's here. You know, that we feel every day in the building. The boys are excited to be here. That's something that we try to inject into every day and to every morning, every afternoon, together with the Rebbeim, the staff, is to inject a sense of simcha, to inject a sense of connection and positivity. And that's certainly present here. You can feel it in this beginning of the year, the beginning of the Jewish year, absolutely. We always talk about Yom Kippur being a real yuntif, and we remind the audience about this every year because people focus on the fast and the fact that they need a cold drink, yeah. <laughs> and they forget. I mean, the Rav called it his happiest day of the year because yeah. he was so connected sure. to the one above, and uh, obviously if you're able to convey that uh, here to the Talmidim, that's uh, an amazing accomplishment. Uh, before I let you go, yes. ske- schedule tomorrow night. So Kol Nidre, and then you do speak, or you make an appeal, or you say to them, rabbis do different things. <laughs> Kol Nidre night, what does your shul do? We do, we do. We, we say Kol Nidre, then now actually we have uh, one of the lay leaders make an appeal, and then I speak. Nice, I like um, that. To bring us back into... Uh, one of the traditional Kol Nidre schedules, I might say. Yes, well, <laughs> yes. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. It's all, it's a very special time of year for communities, for shuls, for yeshivas. It's special to be back, Baruch Hashem, to be able to be back inside of a shul together, inside of a yeshiva together, to look around a room and to see it filled with faces, friendly faces of, of closest friends and family. It's a very special feeling to be back together this Full year. sanctuary tomorrow night? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. So what a pleasure to reunite with you. I say it that yes. way only because I think we've met I'm before. I'm sure we've We're met not positive, but I think so. And the Mirz Hashem again. Elad Sonaker is now the assistant principal in yes. addition to his other roles in the community here at R.E. Israel yes. Tenafly. A good year to you. To you too. Thank you for being here this morning. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Simcha Liner. Shira Hadasha. Avram Freed before that. Hour number three. Are you stroll of Teneflies where we are this morning? Tomorrow, Erev Yom Kippur. Join us between 6 and 9 a.m. for our Erev Yom Kippur show. Here at the J.M. in the A.M. We will get you, uh, we'll get you inspired with all the tunes that you'd expect on, a, um, on an Erev Yom Kippur program. Comment on the app from uh, a gentleman named Gary, I believe. And uh, oh, no, I, don't know why, I don't know why I came up with Gary. It's someone named Rav. Uh, I know that people established the yeshiva for over 20 years. What an amazing, what amazing B'nai Torah, the best team uh, working hard to build Klai Yisrael. There you go, one of the, uh, one of the comments to, um, uh, to our friends here at Or Yisrael. Big Yit says, big shout out to Rabbi Friedman and Rabbi Yablak, along with the entire staff, especially Rabbi Sonniker at OY. What an outstanding place in group, Gamar Tov. So people reacting on our app to our visit to R.U. Stroll of Tenafly, New Jersey, here on a JM in the AM Tuesday morning broadcast. Also wanted to mention our friends at ShopEichlers.com. ShopEichlers.com have come up with a, um, with a special, um, with a special uh, deal, a special sale, if you will. Our friends at ShopEichlers.com have come up with something unique for the holiday of Sukkot, which begins on Monday night. Ushpizin savings, 7%, get it, Ushpizin, 7% off the entire site in honor of the seven days of Sukkot. I'm just glad they actually realize there's only seven days to Sukkot. Uh, use promo code Ushpizin7. Again, use promo code Ushpizin7 at shopiclers.com. Save and enjoy. And a special shout-out to our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms. Casino Farms in Queens, New York, who have announced that they have expanded their preemptive hours. Those of you who are looking for an amazing shopping experience, you can go there tonight until 10 p.m., tomorrow until 3, after Yom Kippur until 1 a.m., Friday till 4.45. And get this, they're opening Saturday night at Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens, <coughs> excuse me, in Queens, until 1 a.m. Casinofarms.com. Go to Aaron's Casino Farms and Casino Boulevard in Queens, New York. Avraham Engelstein is our guest in hour number three of JM and the AM. Avraham Engelstein is an 11th grader. Oh, is there a better year in high school than 11th grade? Isn't junior year the best year of high school? I'm not even joking when I say that. I think my kids would agree, and I know I 
had my best and most uh, amazing year uh, during my junior year of high school. Avraham has been at Eretz Yisrael now for the entirety of its uh, of its two year existence, and I welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you. Am I right? Is the junior year an amazing year here at Eretz Yisrael? Yeah, it's been a it's. We've only been here for a few weeks, but right. it's been amazing so far. You're off to a good start, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, great start. What was last year like? I know, obviously, there was a little bit of the COVID thing hanging over stuff, but you did get to school every day, right? It was a generally... Uh, yeah, we had school every day, right. and coming in, I think everybody was really excited to come in, and uh, it was great. Is it hard to make a commitment as a 10th grader to go to a new school? It was a little hard. There were some doubts, and just... Wasn't sure what it would end up being, but I definitely made the right decision. And I think everyone would agree with that. What is so great. great about this place that you made the right decision? I think that I think compared to some of the other schools that I've been in, they really care about you here and really honor your opinion when it comes to things instead of choosing things for you. So when you really when you do what you want to do, you're inclined to grow and it's more it's more in yourself. And even when you're in 11th grade, you could feel that you could yeah, feel that you're, you're progressing, you're growing. Yeah, you're having I felt a good it last experience. year. Uh, Avraham Engelstein is with us, an 11th grader here at R.U. Searle in Tenafly, New Jersey. Um, you know, it's funny. I spoke with your head of school and your principal, and one of the things that we discuss, obviously, as we speak to so many people in our community this morning, uh, is the, the dream becoming a reality when 20 students become 70, right? Now there's over 70 yeah. colleagues that you have here at R.U. Searle. From your perspective, are you shocked that they got to 70 so quickly? Not really, because last year we were we were already up to forty, and it's oh, wow. just it's just we we've been doing so well, and everybody's been growing so much, and I I just I wouldn't know why people wouldn't come. So the school year started with around twenty last year and ended at forty. So you were meeting new people all the time. Yeah, we had people coming in probably almost every week. There were kids <laughs> visiting, and and that's good. Or yeah, <laughs> it's it's great. I th- I mean we're always open to new kids. Avram Engelstein is with us, an eleventh grader here. At Oru Yisrael, um, you know it's funny. The uh, some of the things important to students, uh, in addition to Judaic studies and the general studies, uh, are the extracurricular activities. Tell me about some of the things that go on here that uh, you know help you enjoy this high school experience. Yeah, so we have Zusha coming in this year as our right. music teacher, which I think everybody loves. He's a great guy, and. We have a basketball team. We're hopefully going to have a baseball team and maybe hockey. Nice. We're figuring all that out. That's significant. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. You need to walk around town saying your school has a team, (laughs) right? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, So those are fun. And I think it's the extracurricular stuff, the things that go on at night after school hours, the things that go on during the day that are outside the classroom, those are always uh, important, right? Yeah, we have some pickup games Thursday night with Rose Stern, one of our Bayan. Um, is he a bowler? Yeah, he's he's very good actually. <laughs> so it's one thing if you're if you're a babe know how to study Talmud, but it's another thing if they know how to play a ball, right? <laughs> yeah, I think we have the advantage in that one. <laughs> very nice. Um, and what are your? Uh, I mean, now this is a year where you start thinking about your future plans, right? I assume you'll be here for twelfth grade, please yeah. God, and then you start thinking of your of your future. Hopefully, Israel in the future, right? Which I assume yeah. all the Talmudim here are thinking of that already. Um, and what are you anticipating now? Just a great year in school? Yeah. Simple as that. Going to have a great year and looking forward to next year, and we'll take it from there. Avraham Engelstein, thank you for being here this morning and a pleasure meeting you. Where do you live, by the way? What city? Um, I'm from Muncie and now in Teaneck. Nice. Very nice. Are there students from both places here? Yeah, really everywhere. Very cool. 
Thanks for joining us this morning. And Thank a Gemara Simatova to you. To you too. Ladies and gentlemen around the world, it gives me great pleasure to present the founding president. We spoke about the founding head of school. We spoke about the founding principal. We even spoke about the founding assistant principal. Rabbi Soniker is really the founding assistant principal. Hey, why not? Give him, give him the founding. But now we have the founding president uh, sporting an Ori stroll of Tenafly Kippa on his head. And that is the great <laughs> Dr. Joe Rosazada. Boker Tov, Joe, and Shana Tova to you. Shana Tova. Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, the staff. Thank you for being here. Really, really appreciate that you guys, uh, you know, I know you, you wake up early as it is, but <laughs> to travel also is another Baruch hour Hashem. at least. So I really do appreciate that you guys are here. Look, it's no secret. One of the reasons you're happy that we're here is because you want more and more people to know about this school. And you've spent a lot of time over the last two years telling people about this dream of Ari Yisrael and now the, the, the reality of Ari Yisrael. I don't know if Scott came, Rabbi Friedman came to you first. I don't know if there's something that, that – you know, you had discussed with him like he had discussed with the Rysonica for the last 30 years. But can you take us before the two years ago? Can you take us to the real genesis of this project? Sure. So let me, let me start with one thing before I even go there. Sure. Um, you know, as far as Sephardim are concerned, we, we do uh, – we say every single Saturday night during our Havdalah, we say Hasliach. Like to teach our kids, right? It's very important. Successful, successful in, teachers, in, right? in, in us as parents and as, as Rebbeim, as teachers, as educators, to be successful. Right. Not only that, but now during Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the same thing. You know, Hashem opened up the gates of, of us teaching the kids and, and getting them to grow and grow higher and higher and get closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's really, bottom line, is the end goal of, as a parent to a child. If you look at the Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, that's what that, our forefathers, that's all they, they did for us. They, we should get closer closer to our Kodesh Baruch So I was, you know, when we were talking to, you know, when I was talking to Rabbi Friedman, uh, you know, it's, it's been like for years and back and forth, but it never, never got really tachlet until like really, like, you know, like I was sitting at home during Corona, really, like during COVID, and we were, I was just, you know, sitting in my room, and were, I was just thinking, I said, like, we have to do something. Like, these kids are, are, are we're wasting, we're mamish, we're wasting a lot of good energy that could be used for these kids. The kids could, could grow, could do well. Um, as long as we, you know, we put them in the right path and, and we do that, I think, you know, we could grow. And that's when really the whole thing started. Um, it was really like one, two, three. Like in two, three months, we really put everything together. Well, I was just going to say, if in March 2020, March 2020 Corona started. Exactly. It was April. By June, this was a ex- real reality. Absolutely. And, you know, Baruch Hashem, one thing that Rabbi Freeman, like when he puts his head into something and he says, this is what I'm going to do. Is what's going to happen. Why Tenafly or just because this was so space we're looking, in a building? We were looking. We're looking everywhere, really, um, in the tri-state. We're oh, it really could have been anywhere. It could have been anywhere, right. but then Baruch Hashem Rabbi right. Shane agreed. And, and, you know, nice relationship with Chabad and, here, and, and Yeah, so and we needed somewhere to be established right. a little bit, so we did. And if where we're sitting here, this base medrash, I think Baruch Hashem is amazing. I'm telling you, in, in July, it was a mess. There was nothing here. Imagine this, and doing this in literally in three to four weeks, we transformed this whole building into something. Well, one of the things a that storage we... Storage room. <laughs> that's what it was. This was a storage One of the things we joked about was the last time Rabbi Friedman was on the air was to talk about construction of a Beit Midrash. And now, right. another construction of a beautiful Beit Midrash. Yes, yes. Baruch Hashem. And uh, dedicated, of course, to the memory of your father and in honor of your wonderful mother, who we all know. Yes. And the Rosazada family, obviously, with a very big role here at R.U. Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey. So... 
I've asked everyone this question this morning, even the student who was with us. You see it go from a small handful to 70 students in such a short period of time. You must have been nervous or had some fear that, that this may not get here this quickly, no? For sure. I mean, look, in every, everything that we do, even in business, in any, any, yeah. any endeavor any you risk. do, any risk, anything that you put, you're, you know, but, but – Obviously, you know, uh, you know, you know me, and you know whatever. It's it really all, it's up all to Hashem. Hakadosh Baruch Hu puts it in this here. I cannot tell you the reason why or yes and no, whatever it is. But really, have to have a munah in Hakadosh Baruch Hu that as long as you're doing the right thing and as long as you're doing your shtalut, as you know, then Hashem is going to help you. And we, I really, I believe, we believe that we are doing service to to Klal Yisrael by having a school like this. Um, and and I'm telling you, like this place is good for any. Any student. I'm not going to tell you, oh, you have to pick this type of student, that type of student. No, um, it is anybody could f- could be amazing. As, as you know, like we have the top shear, and Rabbi, Rabbi Zupnik comes, which is a top shear. I'm telling you, like that shear is like unbelievable, top top shear. And then we have, you know, for for kids that really want to know why am I putting on tefillin? Like, what what is the reason? And we have every single different type of event. Like, you know, like it was funny because like this past year, like you know, we. We grew. Th- we had to grow the staff right. from three, four, whatever. We have four last, whatever. Now to like almost in ten, and like you know, like every single person that Rabbi Freeman brought was better and better than the next. Like I impressed with every single one of those hires, and every single one of those hires care a tremendous amount with these kids. They play basketball with them overnight. You know, like think about it on a Thursday night. Which high school kids are going to come play ball and after ball go to Shah Yashov for a kumzitz or, or listen to a shir? And this is what they want to do. This is fun. This is what I want to do. They, every single kid that you ask for is a problem. They say, we don't want snow days. We want to come into school. We don't want. I'm telling you, it's unheard of. It really is. But, but that's, the, that's the mamish, the truth. That's and it goes happening. from the top students the ones who are able to excel all absolutely. the way to the ones who are struggling. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's all because, again, just showing them love. And that's really bottom line. That's what it is. Like, you know, and, um, and it's been really, really a good ride so far. Bezat Hashem should continue for many, many years. And, I, and I'm really proud of all the Rebbeim, all the students. Everything that goes on in here, we're doing it, I think, with 100% of our heart. Dr. Joe Rosazada is the founding president of, um, of Ori Stroll here in Tenafly, New Jersey. We're hoping that she'll be here before 9 o'clock, but if not, we have to mention yeah. Lori Rosazada. In addition to being your wife, you might want to say she's co-president uh, of sure. R.U. Stroll of Tenafly, sure. New for Jersey. For sure, for sure. <laughs> you know, like all, everything that she, Baruch Hashem, she puts her hands into also, she really, from A to Z, like, you know, like, oh, there's an orientation. Oh, did you, you know, like those things, the small things that like a guy might not think of. Oh, the food, the tablecloth, <laughs> this guys, and that, whatever. It's just, Even a male president ev- would think exa- of it. So everything, like mom <laughs> That's what's happening, and it's really so nice to have her on our on on my side, and have it on the school side that she really cares. And you know, she drives the boys here every single morning, and it's a oh, pleasure wow. for her. Like, you know, like it's a pleasure to, to oh, come. Oh, and it's phenomenal! It's Get her in here. There you go. How do you like that? We should have been talking about Mashiach, <laughs> because uh, Joe's been talking about Lori, and uh, Lori walks in here to JM. In the AM. By the way, before we introduce Lori, one thing I want to ask you, Joe, and we'll give her a chance to settle in here. Um, you have a problem because if you grow from 20 to 70 in the snap of a finger, um, you're going to need a facility that could probably 
I guess, or I freely would agree with me, housed between 100 and 150 students sometime in the next year or so, right, or even more. He's, he's signaling even more. Or my Sonicer's saying even more, getting you into further <laughs> trouble. So it, w- when one builds a school, it's not just the staff that you described. And believe me, I agree with you. We have some impressive names here. Yeah. But it's also an infrastructure that you're going to have to worry about Absolutely. going forward. Absolutely. You, you understand. Uh, I know Rabbi Freeman does not sleep n- nights about it. I, I, I don't <laughs> sleep nights about it because I, I, it's a good problem to have, but it's a tough problem to have because we really like grew so, Hashem, so fast that now like we have to think about a building ASAP, like literally, right. like every single second now from now to like, you know, for two, three months, because then we'll have to get it ready or whatever right. it is. So we are definitely desperately looking for, for a place. And Bizat Hashem, like, you know, we, we have to, you know, like there's no way, there's no room, you know, you know, like we have, we have Baruch Hashem 70 and, and, and the more kids are coming and they want to come in. And how do I say no to some of these kids? But you know, we've had some success here. Yeah. Last week, we spoke to Leora Tedji on the air, and oh. she was raising money for the scooters they need in Yerushalayim at $8,000 a scooter. And a listener called her and said that they'd like to dedicate one. So I'm saying the following. If someone out there has a building and you want to <laughs> sure. contact Ray Freeman or Dr. Rosazada with the possibility of the yeshiva moving into a larger building, they want to hear you from you. You never know. They want to hear from you. And it could be anywhere in New York and New Jersey, right? Put anywhere much. in the Put area. Put uh, Lori Rosazada is co-president of our Stroll of Tedafly. Lori, great to see you in Shana Tovat. Shana Tovat. Um, so are, is that your main role, uh, reminding Joe that the orientation needs uh, <laughs> needs to have some snacks and that there are a lot of uh, procedural matters that he's probably not thinking of that you make sure to remind him about? <laughs> I try. I try to help in any way I can. I can imagine. What are your impressions? Your boys are here, so you could speak as a parent in addition to being the quote-unquote co-president. What can you tell, tell us about Are Stroll? I, like, almost have no words. That's the truth. When they said they wanted to open the school, I thought they were nuts. I'm like, you know, I thought my kids were happy where they were. And I always thought my kids were happy kids. But I see that they have the spark in them now, all my kids. I had three last year in different grades. Oh, wow. And they all just, they're such happy kids inside Well, now. we spoke to Ike earlier. He's now in Nativ. Excuse like he's me. In he's in Reish. I apologize. Yeah. I'm getting all my schools mixed up. He's in Reishit, and we know that David, David is, is also in Reishit. Yep. And now you have uh, who do you have here? I now? have Rami, and Rami's here. Yeah, Yitzi's also in right. Reishit. The three of them are show. there. Um, Rami, and Rami's here on the spot. Rami and Ruben are here. Are both here? They're both here, and they can't wait to get here every day. I drive them here. Last year, you know, we didn't know how they were going to get here, right. and I'll drive them. You know, it's a drive. And once I started driving them, I couldn't even, like, I couldn't, I didn't want to find them a driver. The love, like, they're so excited to come, and we just, that time, like, I wouldn't give up. That's the truth. And I've never seen that before. The kids just, you know, I've had the honor of meeting a lot of their friends. The truth is, is I, I'm very, I'm so proud of my kids. You know, they, they left their school where they were. They came here not knowing anybody. They did it on their own. We didn't force them. They came. And they, I've. I've met their friends. Many friends have always come to our home. Yeah. I get to meet them. Children and are attracted to friends with the same values as them. And they're like a family. The right. whole school is like a family. It doesn't matter what grade they're in. And you know, you're not always you know, going to be friends with everyone. Right. But the middle that the kids have in the school, I've never seen anywhere. Everybody's Children. included. You know, And it's such a beautiful thing to say. And the truth is, I'm really... I'm, I'm, indebted and I'm really proud of Rabbi Friedman of my brother um, for seeing this vision and for you know for doing 
all that he can do for each and every student. I've seen firsthand, it's not just during the hours of school. Every single Rebbe here is there for the kids. And I think that's the secret of the school. That's the truth, is that in any school, you need to make an appointment with the principal, with the you know guidance counter, whatever it is. And high school kids go through so much. And any little thing that you know is bothering them inside here, you just talk to it, and it doesn't bottle up. And the next day, they're ready for a great day. And I see the, the Rabbi and Rabbi Freeman firsthand all day with the boys, talking to them. At night, I've seen him drive kids places. And it's, there's, there's no other place like it. And I'm so proud, and I'm grateful to be a part of it, really. You know, I, I, I apologize for interrupting you before, but it's, it, it's a point I want to make based on what you're saying to the parents out there, especially this time of year. Children are attracted to friends with the same values. And people need to know that about their kids. We need to know that about our children. When you talk about other boys coming to the house and you're impressed by their midos, et cetera, it's because these are the types of kids, yeah. thank God, that your children attract. And the people need to remember that. You know, people don't always, as, as, we, as much as we talk about the, uh, you know, falling in with this crowd or that crowd, people need to know that kids usually gravitate to those who come from the same background and the same values. Uh, both Lori and Joe Rosazada are here. Dr. Rosazada, I've been told, <laughs> Uh, that in the office there's a picture of Rabbi Trenk on the wall. Now, the reason I mention it, and I'm saying this to the audience, and there it is, and the reason I mention it is because, um, and I could, we could ask Rabbi Friedman the same question, is because there was no symbol of greater love for Talmudim than Rabbi Trenk. In fact, the book is actually called, right? I forgot the title, but I know it has the word love in it, right? Just love them, right? That's what he said, that all you need to do is love them, forget about all the <laughs> different mechanics that one needs to be a Rebbe. You just have to love the Talmidim. So I guess that's a good role model for the Rebbe here, and they follow it according to what you're telling us. Absolutely. They, every single Rebbe here, I'm telling you, like they care about. At 2 o'clock in the morning, sometimes like I'm, you know, like I see the kids are up. I say, I go to them and I say, what's going on? What, why Your device you? is connected. <laughs> yeah, they're, and they say, and they say, um, and they, you know, like they're on the chat with the rebbeim, not with other friends, with the rebbeim. They're on the chat with them and talking about different things, different what's happening, you know, oh, you know, like anything that's bothering them, and they do it as a group, which is really, really nice. They have a WhatsApp group with the rebbeim, and it's it's so nice to see that they really have a, such a relationship with them. You know, my son Ike still till today calls Rabbi Kaufman and Rabbi Honing from last year almost every single every other day maybe at least once a week and talks to them during the summer that's what they did they learned and not it wasn't just Ike it was all the students and Rachel, I must say that you know our secular education is also like you know I care about I was just going to say very important to you that's not a joke and, and yeah. it's not a joke so I, I really do take it seriously and, I, and, and you know like everything that we are trying to do is we're trying to get that education as high as possible at the same time you know like I don't want them to repeat tell me oh what did Rashi say what did Rashi say about, you know, on the first Gemara of, of Baba Metziah? Tell me, and then put it on a test, and then tomorrow you forgot about it, and you finish, and you go on. But where is that love for that Torah? And that's really the, 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 the whole essence of the school, to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to love learning, but at the same time get the highest education, even in secular. Uh, you know, the goal is, you, you know, like we want people, if we want kids to, to finish in three years, you know, no other school will tell you this. I'm going <laughs> to tell you. Get to, to get to Israel early. Get to Israel. Start your life as long as you can and as long as right. you could do it. As long as it makes sense. As long as it makes sense to you. Like, you know, like we encourage that. We could f you could finish in three years all your secular education and get your, your diploma and, 
and and get you you know we encourage it we're not we're not we're not sending back because that we believe that that's the best thing for the every single child Lori, you wanted to add i saw no i just wanted to say i was listening to mrs daham before right. and i agree that ike the school instilled in the boys like they're so far ahead um, and ike's in a different school than jacob but they're so prepared and so ahead of you know uh shana aleph boy and it's really thanks to the school Baruch Hashem. One more, one more thing. Sure. I just Dr. do want to say, say that you know the whole idea is again, um, you know, when you go to Israel, the three, three months it takes you three, four months to get into right. learning. I'm telling you, the kids that I've spoken to that came here and graduated in Israel, they're having a hard time. You know why? I tell you, it's crazy. They're having a hard time because all of their friends are hanging out and they're not up to that. They want to go and. You know, go to Tel Aviv for Shabbat, and these kids, you know, all the kids that came from here, they saying, we don't want to hang out. We, we're better than that already. Why? Because they got that education here. They got that essence. So, so we have a problem now in Israel because now we're sending our kids to Israel. I mean, it's, again, the first year, so I, hopefully that will continue. But these kids, don't, they want to get into learning right away. So we did, we were, you know, what we believed in, we did. These kids are ready to learn as soon as they get to Israel. And that's, right. the, most, that's the best best thing I could tell you about the school that's the you know that that we're doing something correct when we because these kids don't know what to do because they don't want to hang out with the other kids that went to the you know like that are not into that level because they need that three months they're hanging out and they just don't want to go to certain places like they're just past that now so well I take this opportunity number one to wish you both a mazal tov because Ari Yisrael is now a real entity uh, with a lot of students a great rabbeim not until we get our first win uh, basketball or hockey, okay? <laughs> then you can come talk to me. Does he mean championship or he means one game, Rabbi Freeman? What does he mean? You know, with him, you're not sure. Not sure if he means championship or one game, but we'll find out soon enough <laughs> when, the right. season, when the season starts. That's right. uh, but I wish you both a mazel tov on this accomplishment, and I wish you both the continued success, hatzlacha, and, of Amen. course, the Amen. best for your incredible family. Your family mm-hmm. was one described earlier. Rabbi Freeman did a good job at this. He described it as one, that, and, I, and, and the truth is his remarks were underwhelming, and he knows it because it's impossible to really give the Thank full you. picture. But the, what you do for the community and so many aspects of the community and so many places in the community worldwide is simply remarkable. Thank you so much. And it's much appreciated by people like me and many others. So to Lori and Joe Rosazada, a gemar simatova, a shana mituka, and the best of the Rosazada family. And thank Amen. you for inviting us here today. I felt that this was the week to talk about a school, a yeshiva like R.U. Stroll. We're almost it's at Arabian Kipper. Yeah, this is the time. It's absolutely. a new start, and it's really a remarkable thank place. You so, so thank you so, so much. Thank, thank you, you for, for being, being here. here. A pleasure. More coming up. You're listening to a Tuesday morning edition. Almost Arabian Kipper at JM in the A. <laughs>
J.M. in the A.M. Shlomo Katz here on a uh, Tuesday morning broadcast. We're at Ori Yisrael Antenna Fly. Our final minister is Rabbi Scott Friedman, who is the founding head of school. If you missed our conversation earlier, it's worthwhile. Make sure to check out the archive at NahumSiegel.com. And um, Rabbi Friedman, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, so first of all, I know you wanted to mention that this is a unique relationship. There are 
are people here uh, affiliated with other organizations who have been very helpful to RU Israel during your infancy, so to speak. Who do we want to thank? I need to thank Rabbi Shane um, from Chabad of Tanafly. Um, he's an amazing person. He's His reputation precedes him. He's an amazing person. Yeah. It's a schluss to uh, have a relationship with him and know him. Um, what he's done for us and for the yeshiva and for the boys and is uh, it's unbelievable. It's Been very hospitable, to say the least. Beyond, yeah. beyond, and I can never thank him enough. And um, you know, just Hashem should, you know, Hashem should uh, help him many, many fold in the way that he's helped us. And uh, I think we had a shared vision, and that's what it was. So when I came to him, he liked the vision, and uh, he made space for us. And he's been incredibly flexible, and uh, he's just an amazing person. So I want to thank him very, very much. It's nice to have an opening year that's not in a trailer, that's not in a temporary building, but on a real campus, so to speak. You have a real campus here. Yeah, well, that goes back to a question you asked Avraham earlier about extracurriculars I just wanted to touch on. One of the things we do, and I know we don't have a lot of time, I'll just mention it briefly. Uh, The day does not feel like you're on an airplane where you're just counting the hours to get off of it. It's intentionally very spread out. So the learning goes on from 10 to 12. But then they have an hour break where they can either go to lunch on Queen Anne Road or they can play ball in the gym. Then we have another two general studies classes and another break where they can again go out you know, for more lunch, I don't know, or, <laughs> or play ball in the gym. And then we have the remainder of our classes and a final shear at the end of the day. But it's intentionally broken up. So you never feel like, oh, my God, I have this long stretch of classes that I'm going crazy with. And so that's that's also a very important part of what we're Interesting. doing. Interesting. So we've spoken about staff and we've spoken about vision, but schedule, you would say, is very important as well. Super Also important. from your high school experience. Super right? important to have that. Mm-hmm. I know in Eretz all the years I spent there, having that big break in the middle of the day yeah. gives you the ability to then focus in the afternoon and whatever else. You also wanted to mention... Yeah, one last thing. Um, the best way to describe, because you know, everybody spoke about the love, the warmth, but to be fair, there are a lot of good rebellion in a lot of places. And there are, good, you know, there are a lot of good people in different places. What I really hope comes from our conversation and from what we're doing here is a greater conversation about education, about chinuch. Um, the major differentiator between us is our limudei kodesh is tar l'shma. There are no grades, tests, or homework. That is the biggest difference. There are no grades, there are no tests, there's no homework, and it's optional. That is and the c- parents knew this of course, before day one. 100%. And that is a conversation I hope other schools will have, whether that is something that could they— could be a game changer. I think frankly. it should be, personally. Um, I know that in the previous school I worked, we did have what we called electives. Right. They were very popular. Kids liked them very much. And that's my tefillah. My tefillah is that this concept, which is not mine, I just want to be clear, People all the time, oh, wow, how innovative. It's not innovative. I got it from Rashid and Aish. They did it long before us. You just want to implement it. I just want to implement it in a high school situation. And that's it. That's my tefillah. My tefillah is that I hope that other educators will hear such an idea, consider it. And personally, I hope they implement it. And I, you know, I'd be very happy if they put us out of business, to be honest with you. <laughs> Well, we've had another great road show, this time at RU Stroll and Tenafly. And Rabbi Friedman, I take this opportunity to wish you a good you are, a Gemar Chasimatova. I remind the audience tomorrow night is Yom Kippur. This is a really important week to connect with the one above. And I noticed as we're doing the final minutes of this show, not only are your Rabbeim gathering here in what is the Beit Midrash, but your students are gathering here. 
and coming in to uh, enjoy yet another important day. This is the final day before Yom Kippur in school, so as you said earlier, it's going to be an important one for the students. Yeah, this is the final day and the very last thing. I want to thank my yeah. wife um, and my children. Uh, they're the most amazing people in the world. I'm incredibly fortunate to have such a family, and I just want to share a thought about Yom Kippur my wife shared sure. with me. Um, I worry every night, how are we going to build? Where are we going to build? What are we going to do? And she reminded me on Rosh Hashanah, she said, the answer is not out there. You know, it's in the it's in the Siddur, it's in the Tfilas. And at the end of the day, Hashem is going to determine everything for all of us. And I just want to wish everyone a Gemach Simatayva, all of Klal Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael, here, wherever we are. Hashem should give all of us the most amazing year we've ever had. Amen. And I thank you. Thank you for hosting us here this morning. A unique experience, to say the least. Uh, a big thank you to our producer, Miriam L. Wallach. A big thank you to our chief engineer, ZK. A big thank you to our director of operations, Avrami who is, of course, in Israel, but helping coordinate everything that we do here on a daily basis. If you don't receive our daily thread, email Avrami, AF, at NahumSiegel.com. If you don't receive our weekly newsletter, email Avrami, AF, at NahumSiegel.com. And um, a, a reminder about our Tishrei Chesed campaign. We have outlined over the last few weeks a number of ways you can impact uh, the lives of people who are needy before the holiday of Sukkot, which begins Monday night, who are in great need. Uh, the one I have been concentrating on over the last couple of days is the NCSYGreatAdventure.com. You literally could donate tickets and help single parents and their children go to a Cholomoid event and have our kids spend the day with their friends down at Six Flags. Go to NCSYGreatAdventure.com, click on the menu on the right, and go to the Donate button. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AlchemSingle.com, and the AlchemSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Tuesday here at JMNAM. A big thank you to Lori and Dr. Joe Rosazada. A big thank you to Rabbi Friedman, Rabbi Yablok. Uh, to the entire staff and students here at RU Stroll in Tenafly, New Jersey. And a uh, big thank you to, um, to everybody for tuning in, for your app comments, and for being in touch from around the world. Plenty more coming up tomorrow when we have our Erev Yom Kippur edition of JM in the AM. Make sure to be tuned in. We will inspire you, hopefully, that you'll be able to go into Yom Kippur at a greater level of inspiration. We're off, obviously, Thursday. That is Yom Kippur Day and back Friday morning at JMNAM. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.